Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This week in league, we're joined by Dr. Chad Sexington from Channel 10's Offspring to talk all things cat's hair and selfies. A prediction for the English Super League. Hash, Salford in decline. Get fucking Tom Waterhouse on the line because we will reveal the exact finishing order of every side in the 2013 Premiership. And we preview round one of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. G'day uh, guys out there, this is Matt Linovitz from Osprey and How's That? And you're listening to This Week in League. Uh, a show that I love to listen to uh, wherever I am in the world, especially uh, in LA or, or when I'm on set. And uh, I've got to be honest, when I'm struggling on set and I uh, I can't come up with my inspiration to get into those uh, more seductive scenes, nothing gets me in the mood more than this week in league. Welcome to this week in league. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. We're back. We certainly are. It's been a long time. It has. Um, so for people who've been tweeting us saying, when's the show back? Shut the fuck up. We're back. Now we're back. We're back right now. Now what are you going to complain about? You bitches. It's <laughs> the usual stuff, probably. Probably being called bitches. Oh, well, we don't. Yeah, for being called bitches. <laughs> and, and being you told know, to get fucked. Just, yeah, just general abuse from you, you know, <laughs> yeah. week in, week out. Uh, right on. Lack of respect towards their team if they're not a Manly or West Tiger supporter. You know, there's a lot of that going around. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the usual shit, I guess. Just another year. So yeah, we're back. Back into the back into the grind of delivering the goodness. It's not really the grind just yet. No. Middle of winter becomes yeah. a grind. When it your does. team is really struggling. <laughs> when, 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 <laughs> You're when, in the when, media for all the wrong reasons. When, when your tigers are slipping from contention pretty quickly. Some would say declining. Maybe. Yeah. And trying trying to sugarcoat it. Trying to remain positive till uh, you know till around twenty six. Yeah. When, tough uh, gig. Tough yeah. gig that one. It is tough. Very tough for tigers fans, but um. So, yeah, this year, do we have anything different coming up? Yes, we do. We are planning on um, maybe doing some video stuff, and it all revolves around the the book that came out called, was it called Footy Food? Anyway, Footy Food sounds like a catchy name for a book that uh, has It'll recipes. Do. That's what it should be called. Uh, I received the book for, as a Christmas present, and uh, it's basically a book with recipes provided by uh, current and former NRL players. So, I mean, Russell Packers potato skins, <laughs> my personal favourite, with, with bacon and cheese or something yeah. like that. And, uh, and I think uh, Watmo Watmo had like a spaghetti bolognese, and who was the one that had like a kangaroo? Or Dean Vare was it? That had a, Dean had a Vare. kangaroo bolognese. Kangaroo bolognese. And uh, who had the schnitzel? San, Sandor Earl? Shandor Earl? Shandor. Shandor Schnitzel. Schnitzel Earl. Schnitzel. Yeah, he, he's, got a, he's got a schnitzel, um, which, you know, look at the guy. I mean, he, he doesn't eat too many schnitzels. He's full of shit. I mean, I expect that recipe from Farah. But, um, exactly. But he's in there. But he's in there for a kebab or something, I imagine, like that. A falafel. 
I don't even actually know what Farrier. I don't even know if he's in there. But you think you know? Chris Lawrence is in there with a classy piece yeah, of gear. Yeah, he sounded good. What was his again? Something uh, chili garlic prawns. Or was that um Liam Fulton? That was a Tigers player, Nathan. Yeah, it was a Tigers player. Yeah, Jesus. but anyway. So what? What we're going to really should have brought the book downstairs. What we're going to attempt to do is uh, choose a, a meal each week and uh, cook it for your entertainment. Critique it if and you cr- will. Critique it exactly. Critique it. Uh, you know, obviously critique the skills involved in making it, but also critique the recipe itself. And uh, yeah, and we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I don't know how each recipe relates to the individual player. Um. I mean, Russell Packer, for instance. Yeah, well... You know, it doesn't speak to his personality. You would think it would be like roast house brick. Yeah, but potato, po- but potato skins with cheese and bacon speaks to his physique. <laughs> it certainly does. <laughs> he does have a touch of the Mark Tukies about him. He does, exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's something we're going to try this year, uh, just to mix it up a little bit. Uh, other than that, are you going to bring anything you know, new, different to the table? Oh, look, I've been working on my game in the off-season. Yeah. Um, How's that working out for you? I like to think I've raised my hilarity a couple of levels. Yeah? Yes. All right. My abuse. The show's only been going for four minutes, but I mean, let me tell you, you know, you've been you've been at my place for two and a half hours at least, so I'm not seeing evidence of that, but you know, there's time. There's You're time. a harsh critic, mate. You're there's my time. harshest critic. You know, some you teams start... You me onto greater things. Some teams, they yeah, start slow at the start of the season. That's all right. Uh, I, I'm going to try and be more neutral in my assessment of other teams. You are a fucking jerk. <laughs> that goes against the very fabric this show was built on. <laughs> and will I succeed? Yeah, probably not. Will I last this episode? Probably not. I suggest you won't last past the first two predictions. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Um, Unless the first two predictions are Manly and Manly's reserve grade side. <laughs> Yeah. Can't see it happening. News. Well, first thing, before we hit, you know, there's not a lot of news this week. The season's starting up, and uh, when the season starts up, it's much like grand final week. There's a lot of, you know... Human fluff interest pieces. stories, fluff pieces about players. This player says his team's going to be good because of this, and this player, you know, hopes to be back for this. And you know, it's not like a lot of news things because I mean, the big news story, of course, is that you know the the season's about to start again. But uh, the off season it was probably the busiest off season I think that we've um, ever had. I think uh, off season from obviously the footy and off season from the show itself. I mean, a couple of these probably uh, kicked off right at the tail end of when we were uh, doing the show last season, but. We're just going to quick fire go through these uh, these things, and you just give me a, a one line response, or you know if you don't care, just say don't care, and you know we'll move on and we'll try and bust through these really quickly, okay? Yes. So, uh, in, start the clock. Yeah, start the clock, and this is going to be in the order of the oldest to coming up to the most recent stuff. New CEO at the Eels. Well, uh, we'll probably go down the same path as any other board member. New coach at the Tigers. Uh, coach of the year. Bull fucking shit. Hey, who's commenting and who's reading out the fucking line? I get, prepared to, line. I, I get a chance to comment as well. And you get I a say, chance to shut and the fuck up, and I say, read Mick, the line, the clock's ticking. And I say, no matter how good a coach Mick Potter is, he's inherited a bullshit side with all the good players that left, and they imported people like Ed Pettibourne and Bodine. 
fucking future Next. immortals. A billion players switch teams. <laughs> Give or take. Well, and, and, and most of those came from the time. You went to uh, Manly Warringah High, most, majored in maths. Most of those time, most of those players uh, left the Titans and went somewhere else. Yes, and the rest left the West Tigers. Exactly. Prince to the Broncos. I think it's the playmaker they've been looking for. And whether it's a kick in the pants, he needs to have one last uh, peak of his career. Uh, remains to be seen. Give me one example when Prince has been a playmaker in the last two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me one play he's made. Yes. Exactly. Well, he's, he's probably been lacking inspiration and uh, a little bit of people being on the same page as him. Israel Folau to the Eels, but not. There was a lot of hullabaloo, and in the end, the Eels couldn't get the deal done when it seemed like it was already over the line. So I don't really know what went on there. They wanted the NRL to step in, and Israel, being Israel, took the larger of the two sums of money on the table and um, trotted off to the Waratahs. To the sport of who cares? Yeah, it's... From the sport of who cares? <laughs> To the sport, and yeah, I just I, to the yeah. sport of who pays the biggest dollar, whether that's I'd, rugby or AFL or tiddlywinks or, you know, the um, you know, national chronic masturbation league. He'd be um, he'd be there for the money. Very highly paid uh, and and valued you know, MVP level player, I imagine. Yes. And I don't want to slag rugby too much, but I didn't even realise until yeah, I didn't realise that this season had actually started. Like super the super whatever it is. Only that teams. I got invited to the Reds game last Friday night and politely declined. Um, did I realise that but the that was like started. about the third game wasn't it yeah <laughs> so at least the second so <laughs> Gee, they're doing a terrible fucking job I think uh, they got the they got their CEO over there or whatever the, the guy who um, with the daughter who got the bomb around the, their neck yes the home page thing. so maybe he's still he's like, more known for that like, than he is of he really took it to heart when he was like, like yeah, don't tell anybody you know, don't get the cops involved don't tell anybody or anything <laughs> <laughs> okay um, harsh, dude. Ben Cray named the Dragons captain oh we will be laughing about that for the next 26 weeks. Oh, yeah. And uh, I saw in uh, was it in his profile in like one of the magazines that they actually said, yeah, how's the name pronounced? And it had Cray, like C-R-A-Y. And they're trying to bring, you know, that, you know, that shit Cray, that, that sort of thing in there. That'll be a sign up on the... There'll be something about him being Oh, Cray, there was a Cray. bit of that going around last year, but... I just want to punch people in the face when they even think about saying that shit. In relation to Ben Cray or just in general? Just in general. Same for fucking YOLO and all that other yeah. bullshit. It is a load of shit, but the biggest load of shit is Ben Cray captaining a first grade rugby league side. Next. Soggy goes to the Panthers. Not pretty much a non-story really, but because Soggy's one of our guys. He is one of our guys, and it's probably going to be a good move for him. I think he was probably going to be squeezed out of the Roosters looking at some of their signings. Yeah. Um, so he probably fits into the Penrith, what they're trying to do out there. Um, and if they get the best out of him... and he gets to his dynamic best, which he's only shown real flashes at the Roosters. Uh, I think it'll be a good buy for the Panthers. Yeah, his dynamic best is like you know, individual hit-ups per match, <laughs> like once or twice. He can put a hit on. And put a hit on, yeah, exactly. But, you know, can he put a hit on now they change the rules? And fuck, I should have mentioned that. I didn't even put that in there, but the shoulder charge, let's just address that shit right now. I don't agree with it from a, a pure um, spectator perspective, but... When you look at the legal ramifications that are, are sort of currently being explored in the NFL um, at the moment and class action lawsuits and, and potential for massive dollar payouts, I can totally understand where the league's coming from. I don't, I don't like it. I'm going to miss it. But I can see, you know, they don't want 
a bunch of representatives of players, you know, five years retired that have got mush for brains um, coming in with their hands out for compensation payouts. Put a clause in every NRL registered contract. I hereby waive my rights to future litigation because of blah and let the kids play ball. And I think every player would sign it. That's the saddest part. Yeah. yeah Not exactly. one player was consulted. Um, Tinkler, further up the shit. I remember in our last episode, we had something about Tinkler paying the Knights players exactly what they were worth, and there was an you know, issue of you know, potential non-payment or whatever. Um, that's all got cleared up, and they got paid and everything like that, but he just keeps going from strength to strength. Which is strange, because I know just how many pieces of equipment that guy has, and I know how much that gear can earn someone yeah. being in the industry that I'm in. And I look at just the higher perspective that we're involved in and the money to be made is is quite extensive mm-hmm. and the industry and the and the aspect of the industry that he's in is possibly the most lucrative there at the moment so whilst there has been a bit of a downturn it's, it's probably you know he's still making billions of dollars i don't understand if, if some of that money is being siphoned through um you know the hunter sports group or whatever it's called through the Newcastle Knights and Newcastle Jets, etc., um, it would only have to be a very small portion of, of what he's capable of yeah. writing off tax dollar-wise um, to keep those clubs financially viable for a number of years. Yeah. Okay. The Titans announced that they signed Jamie Lyon without checking with anyone, especially Jamie Lyon. Uh, well, potentially the biggest coup... Um, of the last several years, to be quite honest, but uh, well, since the West Tigers signed Lottie to Kiri. Um, but Blair. as it turned out, well, that wasn't really a coup. That was just Adam Blair making a smart business choice. Um, but <laughs> obviously, Jamie Lyon, I mean, at the end of the day, the Titans are probably good at, at buying washed up players, and, and that was another one they were going to try and put in the kitty. But as it turned out, um, even he was too washed up for the Titans, he couldn't do it to himself. Thank goodness. And the Titans, they're up the shit leaking players uh, and to the point where Bird and Miles named as co-captains because they're pretty much the only ones left in the team. Yeah, I mean, they've both been convicted in, in past years of pretty ordinary indiscretions off the field. Um, these guys are going to be leading the way for that club and that's a pretty sad indictment on where they're headed. Exactly. Sharks lose Toyota from their uh, stadium naming, and uh, they've pretty much got fuck all sponsors. I think today or yesterday they might have signed a sleeve sponsor, but they still don't have a major or stadium sponsor. So what's the stadium called now? Back to Shark Park. I can't remember. Something like that. Shark Stadium, I think, is it? Shark Stadium. I mean, Shark Park would be, you know, it rhymes and everything. It's fucking, you know, but no, I think it's Shark Stadium. wonder they don't just try and buy all the West Tiger sponsors. Or just, you know, poach them. They don't really need to buy them. When they leave voluntarily, you know, just give them some cash. Fair call. Surprised they haven't uh, gone down that path, but anyway. Um, and the, the sad part is they got one of the one of the most dynamic CEOs going around in yep. Irvine. Yeah. Um, that guy's doing a bang up job. Exactly. Um, of everything but sponsorship, <laughs> it would seem. Because <laughs> he's CEO, not the marketing manager. And that, but still, he oversees that sort of stuff. Um, what happened to Shark Energy Drink? That was short lived. Yeah, it was a little bit, wasn't it? And the Fisherman Friend I, as well on there. The Shark period. Energy thing was was a multi-year deal from memory. Yeah, so I don't know what's happened Because I remember thinking at the time, oh, well, at least we won't see the Sharks running around with no sponsors next year. Yeah, they go broke, maybe. This week in the league might sponsor them. Yeah, why not? But then we'd have to, like, wish success for them. 
Can't have that. No, what's that? Not having that. Uh, Holden signed on as the you know the actual code sponsor, like the whole of code sort of thing. Massive deal. Yeah, very positive and a good sign for the new administration of the game. Uh, good revenue stream, obviously, and I'm sure you know with everything that's going on in rugby league at the moment, some of it positive and and some of it not so positive. Rugby league is in the headlines, and um, that's no matter uh, you talk to any marketing type person. You know, there's uh, no such thing as bad publicity. Yep. So they're, they're already getting value for money. Manly packed off uh, Vic Morrow and uh, Liam Foran to Salford. Who cares? Yep. Oh, but, I mean, you know, we'll get to it in a minute, but... We welcome, welcome, you know, thank you very much for your service, fellas. And, uh, you know, you've done the um, the Liam Fulton thing. And... Uh, Who knows? Catch you on the flip side. Let's just say <laughs> they're going to be coached, potentially... Why well, the coach and might come back very, very ordinary players. <laughs> Matt Orford joins the Bulldogs coaching staff. Hash, Bulldogs in decline. The blackest day in Australian sport that actually wasn't. Biggest political stunt since Howard Holt went for a swim. What a way to divert attention from the shock resignations of uh, Roxon and whoever the other one was. And, and the charges up against... Um, What's his face? Fucking politicians. Fuck them. It's late. But yeah, obviously there's going to be some sort of reckoning coming back on this C investigation thing. But I just got this feeling that it's going to be far less than, you know, the press conference day. Yeah, they've, where they've it was made dark it out. clouds over everything and, you know, Australian yeah. sport was so fucked and it was across every code and blah, blah, blah. They, went, ab- they went about it in reverse. I yeah. think they should have probably come out fairly conservative yeah. And then as the evidence started to stream in... Build um, it up a little bit. Yeah, build yeah. it up a bit. and and But, geez, they come out all guns blazing. And, and so far, you know... Nothing to show for cup, it. Yeah. yeah, we've had a couple of blokes have a couple of cups of green tea. Yeah. And I think, what, there was one guy... Uh, a, a oh, there was a, there was a full guy from... Um, from the lower grades, but... Yeah, there's a Bears player. I mean, like, you know, what's a Bears player? I mean, they don't exist anymore. They're dead. They haven't even been around, for, you know. There's been no such thing as a Bears player for God knows how long. So like a zombie or, you know, it's like a ghost or something. <laughs> There's not even a real player. Um, All-Stars. The uh, All-Stars got flogged. Yes, yes, they did. Carved up. And that's uh, it was a very comprehensive performance. Jonathan that's the biggest Thurston ass-whipping in the history of the All-Stars, isn't it? Sorry? That's the biggest ass-whipping we've had so far, yeah. hey? Yeah, by yeah. far. JT looks to be in fine form. It does. As does Benji Marshall, <laughs> who did fuck all in that game. <laughs> How hopeless is he? I mean, I was watching that game. I was thinking, oh, fuck, you're gone. This season, you're gone. Nah, it's just, uh, <laughs> just sandbagging, mate. Just sandbagging. All-stars is the concept. I support it. I think yeah. it's good. All right. The Eels signed Papali, who insists he hasn't made his mind up yet. Yeah, it's a very Parramatta thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, well, the Eels, the Eels I think, are, are pretty firm that they've got his signature on. On contract. contract. Yeah, and I think he might be the one that's, you know, flip-flopping a little bit. Well, you know, Josh Papali, Tim Moulton, got something in common. And I just, I, you know, I hope that Josh Papali faces the same sort of vigour and coin-throwing <laughs> from Parramatta fans as Tim Moulton experienced from Dragons fans. The Dragons didn't throw coins at him. No, they didn't, but jeez. They just used their words to make him cry and play they shit did, for the rest of the season. They did, but I mean... I haven't seen a Dragons fan get that fired up since, you know, well, since Ben Cray was made captain. 
Okay, Ben Barber, the curse of the face of the game. Yeah, sad story. Um, it, it depending on which line of of media you, you subscribe to, uh, it's either very very tragic, very very stupid, a combination of both. Um, there's a lot more to come out of that story. I just, you know, I hope to see him back playing footy uh, with a healthy state of mind as soon as possible. I love watching him play. And yeah. he's, he's currently uh, the Blakely household's favourite player, according to my wife. And then she sent, and then she sent I that said, email. I said, I didn't get a vote in that. Thank you, that, anyway. that was literally the morning it jumped off, I think yeah. she said that. It's yeah. 33% of that vote that hasn't been cast. Yeah. It's a tough to you. are outvoted. Unfortunately, that doesn't count. Exactly. <laughs> too, too late. You're, you're outvoted two to one. Um, oh, no, we're not going to touch that story. So... Jessica Mowboy as the face of the game, I suppose, in uh, in terms of the uh, the song and, you know, all the promotion. The new ad. Yeah, and the ad and everything. Right? I mean, thoughts? Um, Jeez, it's been bagged. Oh, I like it. Oh, I like the fact that um, that Jessica Mowboy is Indigenous as well. I think that's a nice touch. Um, she's obviously very talented. I haven't got any, any of her CDs, uh, but she's got a fucking bang-up voice. Uh, she's hip, she's happening, she's in there, they're trying to put a little positive thing forward for the oh, game, I like you it. You sound like an old cunt. Sorry? I am, I'm 35 years of age, I'm not getting any younger. So no, she is, she's, she's young, um, they're obviously trying to, you know, appeal to to a, a different audience these days, and, you know, they're, they're trying something different, it's not simply the best, but and she's not Tina Turner, but... <laughs> I think the ad itself, the vision on the ad, I think is really good. You know, stuff like the kids yeah. and they're chucking it over and then, you know, it's into linked into NRL footage, the guys going over, score a try. That's awesome, I reckon. The way they did that, the concept of it and the it's execution It's not really authentic. Because at one point, I'm pretty sure a kid throws the ball to Benji Marshall and he catches it. Clearly drop it. Yeah, also one of the examples they used, I think, is one of that try when Sam Perrick scores in the corner when his foot was on the line. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but, you know, whatever. I think the execution and the idea there was fantastic. But uh, And I've got no problem with Malboy being the person that sings the song. But the song choice itself was absolutely diabolically shit. And the reason why I say that, I've got nothing against, you know, Etta James or Nina Simone, whoever it was who originally did that song way, way, way back in the day. But the fact that that song was sampled for a Flowrider song, which was used heavily, which was used as the only song in the promotion of Young Talent Time on Channel 10 like a year ago. I think it's just too fresh as a song that's been just hammered, you know, hammered and hammered and hammered, um, you know, in an advertising. And it was for a song that was ult- a show that was ultimately unsuccessful as well. So, you know, uh, the song's overexposed, or, you know, it's not that song, but, you know, the sample, you know, the song, the original song that was sampled, is so identifiable, you know, so that it just immediately made me think of that other song that used it, and um, yeah, and it's just and it's tied to failure as well. So I mean, you know, make it the West Tigers team song, but you don't have to make wow everyone wow, <laughs> you know, everyone. I was wondering where song. you were going to turn that around, and there we have it. Look, I wasn't going to turn it around. I think the ad's was... growing on me. Uh, I've watched it, you know, a bunch of times. At first, I was a little bit indifferent to it. Um, yeah, at the at the moment, I, I don't mind it. Not enough manly footage in there. Too much dogs footage. I mean, but the concept is excellent. I think of the vision, and uh, you know, just pick another song, man, boy. And I just think there's an element of the rugby league community that no matter what they put out, 
Oh, Someone's yeah. gonna bag it. Oh yeah. Just shut the fuck up. Really? There's a lot of people on I'd Twitter. like to see some of these fuckheads, which I've had it. This has been my biggest off-season gripe issue. Yeah. Gripe, if you will. It's fuckheads, Nathan. Oh, <laughs> fuckheads mate. in general. Fuckheads mate, on Twitter. The, the off-season has just, been absolutely... I've been on a blocking... Or not oh. blocking. I'm not a blocking type person. I'm just an unfollow. I'm yeah. an unfollow or mute. Yeah. And, and it's been unfollow, mute of loser yeah. in the off-season. I hear Like, you can't profess to love rugby league and then just bag every little thing that comes out of the game. It's not going to appeal to everyone, but let's just say, okay, not to my taste, but they've had a crack. Move on. Fuck me, dead. Some of the vitriol that just gets spewed out. I hear They're I never going to get it 100% right for 100% of the people. It's going to appeal to some, not to others. Bon Jovi last year... I people, didn't have a major problem with that. People, people fucking, fucking hated that, that too. Style too yeah. um, you know, at the end Where's of the day, car? Sorry? Where's car? Well, that was shit. Slated. He had to change his name. To Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what it is. It's some fucking, something weird like, you know, Buffalo Soldier or some shit. Like <laughs> so, it's something Idiot. like something. No, no, it's fucking something like that. It's not that, but it's something like that. Right. I guarantee it. Okay, now... Uh, we're not going to get into all the, oh, you know, this player, blah, blah, blah stories um, f- from this week. So the ones that are... The clock know, is still ticking, I think. Well, I've got to stop the clock there, hey. Because, I mean, fuck, that was... How long was that? That was pretty long. Consumer is going to zip through them. Fuck, whatever. Let's you got move, me started. Let's move into the, the, just the stories of the week. Russell Crowe may not be selling the rabbits after all. Last November, he announced he was going to sell his stake in South Sydney, and he said that, well, his quote was, my family situation has changed. I have to address personally how busy I've made my life outside my actual job. If I have any chance of keeping my family together, I have to simplify my life where I can. Well, as we all know, that uh, endeavour to simplify his life, he he simplified his life, or at least signals his intention to, but unfortunately, it didn't work. He uh, still got the arse. So... I guess, you know, the, the thought is that, you know, perhaps he doesn't need to do it now. So, um, the, 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 the rabbit guys, they, you know, they want to know what the deal is, you know, the rest of the guys, they, and also with Holmes Accord as well as, you know, what's going to happen with their ownership of the club. But, that uh, Holmes Accord suggested that he intends to retain his 37.5% stake for another 10 years in the belief that the Rabbitohs could become more successful than they already are. Well, he's fucking delusional. But, I would imagine that a lot of the players that are there at South Sydney at the moment, the fact that Russell Crowe is involved with the club and some of the things that he can offer and expose them to, yep. not saying anything underhanded, I'm saying he does, uh, he gets them onto Oprah, does a few, you know, extracurricular, if you will, yep. little endeavours for the players that no other club can really offer. Yep. Um, I know Anthony Field from the Wiggles is a big West Tigers fan. Yep. Um, probably not getting the West Tigers on Oprah. Wiggles in decline as well, really. I mean, well, you really, know. he's he's. Well, they asshole poor old, poor old Sam out the back door. Yeah, Anthony just can't let it go. No. It's it's like a West Tigers fan hanging on to a 2005 premiership. Just can't let it go. And you seen the new stuff now? Now it's like a dude in the in the purple shirt, and uh, yeah, he still falls asleep as well. Does he really? Yeah. It's the purple shirt. It wasn't you know? It wasn't Jeff. He wasn't like a narcoleptic. It was something in the shirt. Maybe that shirt 
is made out of chloroform. Maybe. Maybe. We could be on to something here. Anyway, back to Russell Crowe. Um, if he was no longer involved in the club, I don't think Peter Holmes of court um, is as much of a sexy option for players. And I don't think some of those players would hang around. No, and like he hasn't even been a, you know, a Sam Burgess, for instance. Yeah. Russell Crowe was instrumental in getting there, was poised to sign with the West Tigers. Russell Crowe got in his ear, played a bit of the Hollywood, yeah. showed him, you know, have you seen my movie? I'm, my name's Russell Crowe, you might have heard of me. I've been in uh, Gladiator. Have you seen it? <laughs> I can make you a Gladiator for South Sydney Rabbitohs. <laughs> um, next thing, Sam Burgess turned his back on the West Tigers, um, and he's getting. He's uh, Russell Crowe gave a special membership for Sam Burgess's dad, and yeah. things like that. That he, given the type of person that he is, this is the sort of stuff he comes up with. Yeah. Tugs at the heartstrings. Sam Burgess will be a bunny for life. He's not going anywhere. Unless Russell Crowe yeah. fucks off and then maybe but you know, he plays West like Tigers, which is his rightful position. Yeah. Until Russell Crowe gets sick of him playing six games a year. Oh, that's harsh. That is very <laughs> harsh. Anyway, I just think uh, Russell Crowe brings a sexy to South Sydney. And if he's not there anymore, then Peter Holmes at court. Not as big a sexy option. And I've he's got, got a sexier a, bank account, I'm sure. Now, I've got a quote from John Sutton. Oh. Rabbitohs Jr., of course. And he said, and I quote. English that, is my second language. That is heaps good news for the club. <laughs> Russell is South Sydney, and what he has done for the club is unbelievable, so it's good that he's holding on to his share. Not just good, John. Heaps good. It's heaps good. It's heaps good, Johnny. So, next, speaking of clubs being sold and shit, News Limited are confident that they'll find a buyer for the Storm. Uh, they're going to try and have them sold by the end of the season. Now, this is in the AFR. Uh, they're reporting the management of the Melbourne Storm have been negotiating with an international buyer in the UK. The report says the prospective buyer has a strong sporting and business presence in the UK, and at least one other international party has been talking to the Storm about buying the club as well. Could be uh, really good. Private ownership, I'm all for it. Uh, as we spoke about before, financially viable for an investor. Mm-hmm. Club that's probably not making a great deal of money. Doesn't have a... You know, their crowds aren't great. Yeah. No fans paying extra contracts on the players. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of hidden costs involved in the storm. Uh, the TV issue probably will be rectified to an extent this year. I think the games are going to be more available. Yeah. And that'll but, have an effect. Yeah, well, you'd think so, but, you know, Melbourne is a place that, you know, you need to have deep pockets and you need to be prepared to burn a lot of money, I think, in losses. Ah, look, and if it's, if it's someone in the UK with or an existing sporting interest, if they've got an interest in, you know... Like a soccer uh, team or something. Yeah, the Premier League or something. Yeah. I mean, anyone involved in that's just burning money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So... Unless you're one of the top four clubs. Yeah. Know. Now, speaking of England, and we uh, alluded to this at the top of the show, Tim Sheens has been linked with a move to Super League after Salford's Phil Vivas... Salford's... Salford. Salford's Phil Vivas was sacked just five rounds into the season. Now, Sheenius is over in England at the moment promoting the World Cup at the end of the season, and there are reports he may meet with the Salford management, which is headed by former NRL financial controller Ed Farish, who was appointed chief executive last week. And this is a, this is some interesting shit here that I don't even know. But uh, Graham Lowe, former CEO and uh, former coach of Manly, and um, the ex NZRL chairman Andrew Chalmers, the directors of the club, which was bought last month by millionaire racehorse owner Dr. Marwan Kukash. <laughs> what an interesting name for a millionaire! Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
Sheens is there. I mean, obviously, he doesn't have NRL commitments. He's saying that he would consider he always wants to coach, whether it's Australia or England. Um, his focus is preparing the national team, etc., etc., etc. Like, the national team really needs that much preparation. Um, but, yeah, it's a possibility. Brian McLennan, as well, has also been uh, raised as a possible Well, he's coached contender. over there and been quite successful. Yep. Uh, which has trans- translated to sweet fuck all in the NRL. Um, Tim Sheens. He might have needed a freshen up as much as the West Tigers needed a freshen up. So, you know, Salford could win the next comp undefeated. That's, I'm, you know, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but he's got it in his game. No, no, you've got it in your game to say that a team coached by him will go through undefeated and they ultimately turn out to flame out spectacularly and embarrass everyone, really, that said that. That's exactly what I have in my game. That's right. So you're um, going to switch from Castleford to Salford now if uh, Sheenies gets on board? No. No. I had to pick a club. You put me on the spot. I picked the Tigers. Yeah. Um, that's the extent of my involvement. I mean... Yeah. I'm not going to go chase the You don't know anyone who plays for him. Um, oh, of course I do. But we're not talking about that, Nathan. We're talking about <laughs> Tim Sheens. <laughs> so I shouldn't put you on the spot then? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> but I would like to say... Um, Scott Minto, I believe he plays for me. Mick Potter, coach of the year. He gives a fuck what Tim Sheens does. Next. <laughs> um, it's funny, Danny Wheeler is, is a fucking gronk. Like, we all know that. And there was an article he wrote in the paper, I think it was today or yesterday, where he was saying that the NRL should be ashamed of themselves for for not using Sonny Bill as the face of the game. <laughs> because... What? Because of the loyalty of the game. And they're also saying, that, like, you know, oh, yeah, how dare they treat him so badly considering it was the NRL that slapped a five-year ban on him, <laughs> you know, for playing in the NRL and shit. <laughs> right. He's an idiot. But down the bottom, he had a couple of articles. That was the first one. Then he had a couple of other ones that weren't interesting, blah, blah. Got to the bottom, and I just wanted to share this one, you know, because we love our scandalous shit on the show. Canberra star Blake Ferguson is one hell of a talented footballer. That's Danny's words, not mine but he needs to calm down when it comes to trying to woo female TV reporters and producers. At the Anthony Mundine-Daniel Gill fight, he asked one reporter to sit on his lap before following her to the women's bathroom where he tried to use his charms. He was given a firm thanks, but no thanks. I think charms is a euphemism for penis. Worse still, (laughs) it was a drunken phone call to a married female reporter in the middle of the night. If Ferguson continues this type of behaviour, he'll end up in trouble. It was only a few months ago he was fined for having been ejected from the VIP section at a music festival. I think he was spitting on people there. And last May, he was dropped for breaches of the club's alcohol policy. None of that is even remotely surprising, and that's just sad. Not surprising because I saw basically frame by frame breakdown of it all happening on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just when I'm, will I'm they say, learn? I'm not going to say sort yourself out because he's such a he's such a fucking goldmine. When will they learn, Nathan? He's been given he's been giving to this show since he was in you know, in Cronulla colours. Yes, and he just keeps on giving. Yeah, I just I don't know what to say about that guy. It's he's. He just keeps offering it up. He does. He does. And he basically keeps his show on the air. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I've got the look that drives a girl wild. I've got the mood that really move them. I sit chill up and down their spine. I'm just a sexy. We 
have a special guest for our first episode back. Around two months ago, we got a tweet from this gentleman saying he loved the show. We retweeted it, and our female listeners went berserk. So, ladies, prepare to slide off your seats as we welcome <laughs> as, as we welcome Dr. Chad Sexerson, I believe the character's name is Offspring, uh, award-winning Australian actor, Matthew Lenevez. Uh, mate, you pronounce my, my, my name pretty well there. Not the character name, but my name pretty well. So Character name's spot on too, just quietly. Yeah, oh, mate, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to, to, to actually talk a bit of liege with a few friends. So, no, looking forward to it. Great. Now, um, I guess first things first, is that, yeah, it's a couple of months ago when you tweeted us. Yeah. How did, how did you find the show? Uh, mate, I was, I was actually in Los Angeles, to be honest. Um, I, I live most of the year over there with my girlfriend, and, and I was missing the greatest game of all. I was missing my rugby league. And, um, LA's a hot spot of this week in league fans. LA is a hotspot. You, you can't go down a street without bumping into a, a bagel and into a This Week in League fan. You know, just someone wearing a dirty Wests jersey or a Manly jersey just talking about you two boys. But I um, I get stuck in traffic over there a lot. And I was trying to scour through my phone to find some good podcasts. And I came up with um, uh, this, this thing was suggested This Week in League. And I think I switched on sort of late into the season. But all I heard was a bit of banter between you bastards just giving each other shit for the last for an hour every week, and I thought this is the funniest thing I've heard. So I, I jumped that's on. That's pretty board much and, us, mate. Yeah, you do. You do miss out on talking about the, the mighty Canberra Raiders. But I um I started listening to it every week, and I couldn't wait to get to um to the end of the week to get another podcast. And I started scaling back into the earlier in the season, and I couldn't believe you guys haven't done one since the end of the year. You gave your all your awards and, and waited till now. So I I. Uh, I gladly uh, jumped on the Twitter about a month or two ago and was missing my This Week in League and asked you to get your show back up and again. And, nah, it's, it's good fun to try and talk some footy because it starts this weekend and I can't wait to watch my mighty Canberra Raiders roll on through. Jesus. Mate, it's, yeah, uh, we can edit oh, that out, right? <laughs> uh, we can have some bets tonight. This is all going down. Yeah. All right. All right. And, and look, we probably didn't speak about, about Canberra a lot last season because, you know... Oh, as, yeah, as soon as Cat's hair gets injured, they're pretty much they, they may as well they may as well rename themselves the Canberra Bye. Oh, you got to, <laughs> mate. They came on both your both your teams. You both are oh, not the manly, but they're not manly. Never manly. Right. so that's all right. <laughs> but no, so we had a good run at the end of the year, and, and we've won two trials against two grand finalists, and you know we're looking good. I'm I'm pretty excited about the Canberra Raiders this year, to be honest. But you know who? What fan out there isn't excited about their own club? Apart from Penrith fans, Titans fans, Titans fans. <laughs> I put <laughs> there aren't too many Titans fans listening to this because I, I put some money on Titans getting the wooden spoon only about a week ago. <laughs> and yeah, this oh, this episode we're going to be going through our predictions for the uh, upcoming season and how the teams are going to finish in their final order. And I have a feeling that the Titans won't won't do that great on either of our lists either. Mate, I was just up on the Gold Coast. And I don't think they can train over the last month. It's been that wet up there, so. Well, they do the most of their training in nightclubs um, <laughs> with strippers. Um, so, yeah, there's probably not a lot going on there. And bikey gangs. Yeah, that too. <laughs> it's basically like, if you've seen Breaking Bad, you've seen a, a Titans open training session. What happened to all the houses that they were promised when they first moved up there? Have they moved into them or have they sold them? I don't, I don't quite know what's going on there. Well, allegedly. Yeah. It was only Scott Prince. Allegedly. It was alleged. It was alleged. It was alleged. And, um, he's now commuting from that house to another club. To said Bronco. Yes, yes. So, your team, your team's the Canberra Raiders. Let's go back and uh, why the Canberra Raiders? 
Oh, mate, I, I was born in Canberra. I grew up in Canberra, and I was born, uh, and I watched the mighty era of the Green Machine, you know, 89, 90, 94, all those great players like uh, Laurie Daly and Meninga and Clyde and Stewart. And, and uh, no, I love the Raiders, and, and I've I got a feeling there's, there's, there's always been a good crop of juniors coming through that club, and it's always... You know, there's a there's a real fan base down there, although it's bloody freezing in the middle of winter. But um, and the middle I'll, of summer, and the middle of summer, it's still pretty. Cold. I've been following them pretty fervently. I've got a lot of jerseys and gladly put them on in the middle of the night in LA and wake up my girlfriend when I scream at Terry Campisi dropping a pass or someone scoring a try and she's blowing the knee. Why am I going nuts? <laughs> but um. No, mate, I, I, I love I love the green machine. I couldn't believe bloody Jared Kroger missed that kick a couple of years ago to beat I your Tigers, mate. Oh, yeah, fuck off. You were probably <laughs> standing there doing a curse at the television, but I was poor, poor I was kid. actually sitting there telling people, you know what, he's going to miss this kick. Where? Look at his face. Look at his face. He's crying. He's actually he crying before his kick. He's crying after the kick, not before it. <laughs> no, no. He, no. He, I saw tears. Oh, mate, we were coming home with a wet sail that game. You guys were Bloody lucky, but no, they've they got such a good group of young players. I mean, they've always got a. I, I even watch the, the Toyota Cup every every week, mate. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I grew up playing a bit of league, and, and my brother played a lot of league, and la la la. And so now I'll, I'll, um, I'll watch every game this season and, and gladly um, pop a cork when they win the grand final. Jesus. The big it's prediction, mate. Big predictions, Mick oh, Potter. Right. That's the that's the that's a fearless prediction of the of the the night so far. Say he lives in LA. He's obviously been uh, snorting lines of cocaine over there. <laughs> Mid Melbourne now, though, mate. I'm here. <laughs> I'm in the middle of AFL land down in Melbourne. But yeah, how's that going to go? Do they even show rugby league down there? Oh, they do now. They didn't for a lot of years, but they do now. So um, uh, they're pretty AFL man, which is a good sport, but it's not quite rugby league. No, exactly. Oh, it's it's not even a good sport. Some people would say. <laughs> um, so, how much how how much longer are you down there in Melbourne for anyway? Um, oh, mate, I'm I'm shooting Offspring now, which is a a, a gig on um, Channel Ten, and we're almost at You're the so end. So modest. Of... Oh yeah, mate. You're Hard. so modest. It's I'll it's put, like I'll, a high I'll, rating show. Yeah, yeah, but I'll put it to you now, mate. That I bet you ninety five percent of your audience don't watch the show and probably haven't heard of it. I reckon every female listener of our show, of which there's thousands. A three. Your wife? <laughs> yeah, our, our wives. You think our, our wives have to listen to this stuff six days a week? You think they're going to listen to another couple of hours every week? Come on. <laughs> uh, so, I'm, I'm shooting, how's that? I mean, offspring at the moment, and um, that'll finish in April. And then I've lined up another job up, up your way. It's sort of just in the pipeline at the moment, but it looks like it's going to happen. Um, for uh, ABC up there um, in July, which will be good. I'll be up around the Goldie and um, four corners, or yeah, nah, just talking about peptides, mate. Peptides, <laughs> peptides. You know, we're gonna just expose the whole thing. I like it. Um, no, nah, it's gonna be a good job. I'm sort of in the middle of negotiating. I just can't really talk about it. But uh, prior to um, this season of Offspring, I finished doing How's That, which was that cricket job down here. Yep. With which was a bit of fun, but no. Which, which you'd have to say that the you know the male you know the male listeners of the show would would have to have seen that and would most have to know. Probably, most of them probably thought I didn't fucking bowl like Dennis Lee, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> Let me tell you, having watched How's That, bowl like Dennis Lee, does he? <laughs> I, I watched How's That and I thought it was great, and you did you did a fantastic job. I'm just Thanks. wondering if uh, Dennis <laughs> Lilly, now that he does his his vitamin ads, if he's like sitting back in the lounge watching that. And seeing you play him, 
and going, I was a smooth motherfucker. <laughs> I was wondering if I was going to get a free pair of blue steel boots, but no, nah, it didn't happen. <laughs> nah, so he's, he's, no royalties from a DK Lily. No royalties, no blue steel aluminium bats, no free moustache grooming kits. He was... I, I didn't get to meet Dennis. I think he's pretty busy with his bowling and, and keeping up to date with a lot of the a lot of his... Um, the guys that he works with around the world. But uh, no, it was... I mean, to be honest, mate, I love cricket. It was a bit of a play and, and all that kind of hoopla. But, you know, who knows whether he likes rugby league. He's probably an Aussie Rules fan coming from Perth. He could be. Are you, you're a good mates with Brad Haddon, are you not? Yeah, no, Brad's an old mate of mine, actually. I, I grew up... Um, in Canberra, he was from Queanbeyan, and we played a bit of cricket growing up. He, Brad's actually a big Raiders fan. He loves the he loves the league and loves the Raiders. And and uh, I caught up with him only a few weeks ago, and he was telling me how he, he's watched a couple of games in sitting next to um, David Ferner, and he said he doesn't want to do it ever again because it's too nerve wracking. He can't. He said he he can't uh, cheer for his side or, or get nervous because he's sitting next to the coach. So um, uh, he, he he loves the Raiders and loves his league, and uh, he's a legend of a bloke, Brad. And, and I think I think a great cricketer. And I mean, I know everyone has an opinion when it comes to cricket. Everyone's a bit of a couch expert, but I'd have him still on the side, to be honest. Especially after today. Look, they, especially they after get, today, hey, they got skittled for nothing, didn't they? Jesus. Yeah, I think they end up losing the last eight for fifty something. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. We'd we'd probably the three of us would probably get a run for Australia at the moment. Left-handed. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, no. I don't know about that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not get carried away. I mean, at this stage, they're barely more than warm bodies out there anyway, so... Oh, yeah. yeah. No, we can rouse on them. We're all experts. But no, they're, they're pretty... I, one thing I did learn doing that cricket job is the durability of, of the fast bowlers. I'm pretty amazed at how they can get through that. It's pretty pretty phenomenal what they can do. So I'm, I'm kind of in awe of, of of what they do five days, you know, and, and non-stop all season. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the Ashes. I just know a lot of them can't deal with or they're not they're not used to bowling on wickets like that you know the high clay low bouncing mm. wickets which is the opposite of here so anyway so let me ask the question that all the ladies want to know um was that oh, the, your the camera competition yes they are yes they are ladies no no lady man or living morsel wants to know that matt but thanks for sharing um, all right maggie was that your mustache and chest hair on that show or yeah, of course it, it was like special yeah. effects I don't know. That was my mo. That was my chest hair too. I've still got that rug. Really? Are you on testosterone replacement therapy or? Peptides, mate. Me and Doug. <laughs> you, you, you and Cat's hair and Dugan. Yeah, mate. I, I'm, I'm on that the Mario Fennec slash. Who was, who was that really hairy player at that? Was it North Sydney? He just was a beast. It was Martin Bella. I'm on the Martin, Martin Bella. Bella. Martin Bella died. Remember Marty Bella? He was the hairiest yeah, man ever. He, he, he was the hairiest man ever, except on the top of his head. <laughs> <laughs> it fell off his head, bounced on the ground and landed on his shoulders. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you were telling us before we started recording that um, you actually, there's a bit of a, a Balmain connection to uh, you actually, you know, getting into acting. Do you want to uh, regard us with that story? It's actually, it's a funny story. Um, oh, funny to some, probably boring to the rest, but... um. Uh, when I was growing up, I, I, I never wanted to be an actor or anything like that. None of that was ever an interest in me. I, I wanted to play, you know, rugby or rugby league or cricket. And my brother's favourite favourite rugby league player growing up, and my brother went on to play rugby union uh, for years professionally and, and a bit of league professionally and all that sort of shit. And um, uh, growing up, his favourite football player was Wayne Pearce. And in the Sunday Telegraph in Sydney, uh, someone advertised 
that Wayne Pierce is retiring and they were going to make a like a movie of his career called Local Hero and they needed a young uh, actor to play the young Wayne Pierce because when Wayne was younger, he used to work. His dad was the, what do you call it, like the, the groundsman at Leichhardt Oval. So yep, Wayne yep. used to sell hot dogs out the front of Leichhardt and he was always destined to be a Balmain player. So um, my mum and I rode away from my brother, my younger brother, who's only 11 months younger. There's only two of us. With a, he's only 11 months younger than me. So we rode away and entered this competition and sent a photo for Tim to audition to meet Wayne Pierce. Not because he wanted to be an actor. He couldn't give a shit about acting, but because he, <laughs> we wanted him to meet his hero. Yeah. Timmy got selected out of 2,000 people to audition and he came down. We drove down to Sydney as mum, dad, myself and my brother and Tim auditioned and he was nervous as shit and, and wasn't sure what to do and kind of stumbled around a bit. And then when he came out, because I'm his older brother, I went straight up to the director and the producer and I hit him up. I was like, oh, how did he go? Did he get it? Did he get it? Is he going to meet Wayne? Did he get it? And straight away they said, well, why don't you audition, mate? And I looked at mum and dad and said, oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't really want to because... The only other time I'd ever tried to do anything to do with acting was presenting at a s school bloody assembly and I got stage fright and pissed my pants. So <laughs> That sounds like a way better story. Tell us about that. <laughs> and I looked at some pretty girl in the first row and I pissed my pants. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> but um, so they asked me to audition and I auditioned and got the role and, and then they asked Tim to play the young version of Wayne in that like movie called Local Hero, which is Wayne Pierce's like retirement movie or whatever they call them now, testimonial video, and yep. and we all came down and and Tim met Wayne and met Benny and Gary Freeman and and all that crew of that Balmain here at the end of the eighties, and my brother met his hero and it sort of changed my life. So so you got the role and he got to meet his hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it kind you of cut worked. your brother's grass, is what you're saying? I did cut my brother's grass. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But he still and got to meet Wayne. And, and Wayne also still took him to a... Actually, Wayne took us both to an infamous game where they played the dirty, dirty St. George Dragons at the time. And it was a game when uh, all the Dragons supporters started throwing shit at the, at the players in the in goal. And Wayne drove us there when Wayne was coaching. And uh, it didn't last too long. But, no, nah, it was... Um, yeah, Timmy met Wayne. So that was, you know, it was kind of a weird thing. And then that director and producer became friends with my family and... One of you know, sort of encouraged me to keep on acting, and I kind of did, and you know, led to me here talking to you blokes. So the the moral of the story is, Matt, uh, you'll get a job. There you go. He's basically a good actor, shit brother. <laughs> <laughs> or, or one was a good because he went on to be a, a professional rugby player. So what maybe one good rugby player and uh, and one prima donna. Mate, don't try and weasel your way out of it, mate. I know, I did. Your brother still sleeps with one eye open. <laughs> See, I mean, you're being very modest about it, but everyone's heard of Offspring. When's the next season going to start on TV for oh, all out for the ladies? The ladies that are all listening. Uh, yeah. And let's, uh, let's be honest, it's thousands. There is thousands. Oh, I think it's starting late March, early April, I think. Um, we're, we've almost shot most of the season, so we're, we're shooting, I think, Ep 10 at the moment. We started in December, so... Um, but Channel 10, who air it, you know, they uh, they decide when they want to screen it. I've got a feeling it'll screen at the end of March, maybe yep. mid-April, mid to late April, maybe. So so how does it feel um, with Asher Keddy getting the Logie nominations when you're the star of the show? <laughs> I mean, like, I can, I can sympathise with what it's like to carry someone else to glory. But, I mean, how does it make you feel? 
Oh, mate, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> Some would say that's karma for shitting on your brother all those years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I carry her on my shoulders and then she gets all the recognition. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, and it's hard work. You're, you're hard. Oh, no, I know exactly. I feel it. I feel your pain. I'm, I'm basically a piece of the furniture in that show. Come on. <laughs> you're the hub, mate. You're the hub of the show. We've, we've watched it plenty of times. How many times have you watched it? You haven't watched it that many times. Come on, mate. Tune in every week. What are you talking how about? Many, how many times have you watched it? Oh, dozens. Dozens. <laughs> mate, it hasn't been on dozens. He's got the box. He's, he's got the box set, and he's just he's got, got it. In, it's just it, it's pretty much super glued into his DVD player. I'm going to well, send it to you so you can I'll, sign it. I'll ask him some trivia questions. <laughs> this will end well. Now See, um, I was going to talk about league and. Yeah, and just yeah. demise the decline of the Tigers. <laughs> Some would say, hash, Tigers in decline. Someone say it. It's the first se- season bloody wet podcast. How about someone say Michael Cheekham? Someone say you stole him from my club. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, give him an opportunity to win a premiership. Oh, will you? Yeah, so he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's gone for the opportunity of, you know, winning. I, I thought he went because his peptide subscription ran out in Canberra. Moved out. <laughs> I just, I just like to remind you, you are one of the six clubs named as well. So, you know, in a couple of months' time, you might not be laughing so much about the peptide yeah, I situation. I just wanted to uh, just uh, relay a, a tweet that one of our listeners, uh, and I'll give it, I'll give you her Twitter handle, so so you know to hit the block or whatever if she starts stalking you. Okay, it's at uh, Erin Louise Tate. Now she is, she's been. Uh, instrumental in, in in this whole thing and she's just constantly you know are you talking to matt yet are you talking to Matt yet? and then she tweeted tweeted about an hour ago and said i i asked her is this, if there's any message that she had for you and she said um oh, your topless jogging scenes on offspring are the highlight of her life oh that's a shame <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah i told I, I i told her that i'd relay that and she said um yeah please do and uh she's uh topless selfies are totally accepted Topless so selfies. I totally accept it. And, and speaking of selfies, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down, pedal. Now, now, do you, are you familiar with the the work of Josh Dugan and and uh, Ferguson on um, Instagram? No, no, I'm not familiar with their work on Instagram. Maybe on Twitter, but not Instagram. Well, they they do pump them through their Twitter accounts, so you would have seen that they, there's just constant topless selfies coming out of those two. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so, you know, perhaps in the future, if you wanted to have an, another rugby league-related role, you know, to, to you know, this come is, back... This and... is coming from a man that gladly had Jack Ellsgood playing on the wing for him at one point in time. <laughs> well, hey, he was a sexy man, and he's, and he's a, fantastic, uh, a fantastic motor car racer now. I believe he drives in the, 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 the ute, whatever the ute competition's called. Oh, who cares? And did, didn't you have... Was it... <laughs> Didn't you have Danny Moore playing in the centres? He, I mean, he was a bit of a speed bump, wasn't he? Come on. He represented, he represented Queensland in Origin. Yeah, but, that yeah, didn't but, take much back then. And just speaking of Origin, I mean, given that you know, you know, you're from Canberra and not oh, so much, you know, you where, who do you support in the state of Origin? Oh, mate, I, I bleed blue for sure. No, I, I, Fantastic. I can't, I can't go for Queensland. Are you kidding? Are you serious? I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Who would, who could? But um, imagine if you were born in, say, like a, a suburb of, of Sydney, say, Penrith. say, say you're born like, you know, Penrith and you lived at Campbelltown, born and raised, uh, school, everything out there. Glenn. And then what are you, you doing, support man? Queensland. What are you doing? 
I'm not a smart man, Matt. No, not just a smart man. You're a dickhead. (laughs) Exactly. This is fantastic. uh, What's going on there? What sort of precedent are you setting for your children? Greg Inglis? Like, like, come on, man. I tried to set a precedent for my child, but he's... uh, I tried to make him into a Tigers fan. And, and he's a Broncos uh, fan, isn't he? He is a Broncos fan, and much to my uh, dismay. Oh, that's it's just... very annoying. It's karma coming back to bite me. I oh, know he's going to grow up with a Sam Thiday perm. <laughs> <laughs> he has got Afro curls too. This is going to end badly. I should encourage him to shave his head like me. They're not ginger curls, are they? No, definitely not. No, no. No. Well, look, I um, I did latch onto Queensland. Back before I was able to read, and uh, I understood what state, state of origin meant. I, I don't like your attitude, Matt. Quite frankly, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was going to give you a rap about your uh, topless beach runs on Offspring, a show which I've watched dozens of the, times. You're not on the beach, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> what are you just running around? You're a doctor. What are you running around a hospital with no shirt on? Mate, have you seen? Who Offspring? wrote that into the script? <laughs> Anyway, yeah. I bet if we watch the credits, it says scriptwriter M. Lenevis. <laughs> oh, mate. A lot of selfies. Just selfies. Just selfies. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't very smart. I latched on to Wally Lewis and Alan Langer, and that was that. And uh, then I realised, much to my father's dismay, that I really probably should have been going for New South Wales, and it was all too late. When you could have latched on to Laurie Daly and Ricky Stewart, two much better players. But, hey, that's, you know. Yeah, they played for Canberra, mate. I was never going there. Oh, God. Who would he have latched on to then? Cliff Lyons and... Trevor Cogger, Trevor Cogger, and Ian Schubert. Who was playing at the? Oh, that's at the Maggies. Maggies. I was going to say you, you had Mick O'Neill and Gary Freeman at the Tigers. Oh, that, that was at Balmain. Yeah, we we didn't have any luminaries like that at our club. You had Andrew Leeds, and Gary Farrah. Yes, uh, <laughs> Pat O'Doherty, luminaries like that. Couldn't outrun their own shadow. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. The anyway put on a, uh, a score much faster than they could run. So you guys are predicting the Raiders to win the comp, is that right? Is that what you said to me before? No, 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 we didn't say that actually at all. Um, if, but, if you, but if you want to actually make some fearless predictions, who oh. is going to take out the comp this year? Are you, are you going to go on the record and say that the Raiders are going to win? No, I think the Raiders will do well, but I, I, I'd like to say they win. I, I can't, I don't think they, uh, I think they'll get close, but um, I mean, I, I, if I'm going to go on air, I'll say of course they'll win, but I, I would have thought Canterbury would have would have kind of been a shoe in to be honest, but now with Benny Barber not being there, it's hard to look past the um, same top three or four from last year. So Canterbury, Manly, Melbourne, and South, I think. I think, uh, think Canberra's going to struggle to make the top sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're a moron. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. We're, we're going to have a bet, aren't we, tonight? Yes, There's a yes, bet going on with who is it? Who wins round fifteen or sixteen? Or is who finishes yes. higher? Comp? No, no. Who wins that round? We can, we can talk about other bets about who finishes higher, but let's get the first one out of the way and see if you're uh, still able to back it up afterwards. All right, James Tedesco. <laughs> oh, what a legend <laughs> that kid is! Oh, mate, for three minutes. Twenty-nine minutes exactly. Thank you. <laughs> it was just three, it was three it was three possessions. <laughs> Yeah, two passes and one dummy, and everyone thinks he's the hero. He's a good player, though. I got to admit, he did do well. I'm, he I'm is going to be a good player, but uh, let's hope he uh, he ousts Tim Moulton from the fullback position sooner rather than later. Yeah, I know. They've got Jacob Miller playing halfback, don't they, this weekend? Yes, yes, superstar, future super, superstar of the game. 
She's a good player. He's a very good player. You guys towed us in the twenty in the Toyota Cup last year. Towed us. I thought yeah, I, didn't, I, I didn't want to bring it up, but oh, man, I thought the Raiders were going to were going to dominate that game. We had such a great attack all year, and then we 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 weren't even a shoe in from the very beginning. You just bloody flogged us. So forty twelve. I know. It was like wasn't it forty like thirty nine no, no, or something? It was forty forty two. We won by forty points because it was yeah. The greatest... You scored the first thirty points before we even. But he touched the ball. Yeah, so, I no. remember it was the greatest forty-point grand final win in history. Yeah, it's totally yeah, not nearly. It is. It is. Jesus. <laughs> you just you just not going to get an ally there. Just <laughs> later, the car breaks down. Come on, yeah. mate. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this bet. Uh, the Raiders and the uh, Tigers Top. in decline will be meeting each other once this season, I believe. And uh, what's the venue for that game again? It's I think it's Campbelltown. I think it is at Campbelltown, yeah. They always play at Campbelltown, yeah. Okay, so what's the bet? Well, the bet was a jersey. Yeah, whoever uh, whoever loses has to win the uh, the other guy a jersey and Which also is... post post a picture on uh, Twitter of their head painted in the opposition team's colours. That's fine. I'm willing to do that. I like the, I like the animal tiger. Do I you? Could, I could just say... <laughs> Hey, I did that for a kids' charity. There's a, there's a face of a tiger. I don't know what that <laughs> in this league of fucking jump on the back again. You know? You're gonna have to paint your face like a green Hulk, ugly weird lime colour. Yeah, like Shrek. Some would say Shrek. Some would say Shrek. I'll probably be doing that artwork too. And um, you know, if past history's anything to go by, I've, I'm a sensational artist when it comes to face painting Glenn yeah, in opposition team colours. Mate, and come round fifteen, Tigers in decline, aren't just in decline. It's Tigers in dis- destruction. The Raiders, are, the Raiders are on their upward spiral by then. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he's yeah. like he's like me in a Cambridge jersey. How sad is that? Nick, yeah, don't you look at that Tigers jersey? Just look over to the shoulder and kiss the magpie because that's all you've got, mate. <laughs> I miss my magpies. And, and, and you're saying that you fucking seagulls should have a little bear on your jersey because you were the death of that club. And there's there's a proudly there's a story <laughs> of bloody Northern Eagles. Jesus, yes, you know that that wasn't our fault. I mean, yeah, we tried to save that club. We, in fact, we almost killed ourselves trying to save them because, quite frankly, we we missed the guaranteed two points every you know twice a year. You sound like so, Rupert Murdoch when he says, "I tried to save free speech." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's exactly like that. He's unfairly maligned too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we we tried we tried so hard to save them. I mean, you know, it was basically it was like a, a kidney you know donation situation. We oh. we actually almost killed ourselves to to save them, and they oh, just they, they went up to it. Oh, they did. <laughs> sovereign club next door. Oh, what's the story for them? Hey, Cameron! Cameron didn't lift the lift the lift the finger to do anything. They were uh, too busy uh, counting their money over in Super League, you know, in that other, you know, with the other guys in that non-competition. Have you been? We're fighting for every dollar we can get down there. It's struggle town, mate. Struggle town. <laughs> you land Newcastle. Come on, mate. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, thanks very much for joining us, mate. It's been sensational having to go having a yarn to you. Um, hopefully. I mean, ideally, I want to see you. You know, take take. You already had a fantastic career, but I want to I want to see you. You know, return to rugby league roles and perhaps you know, get a Canberra story out there on the screen. So you know, I'm just wondering if you're up to you know, could you successfully capture the tampon like nature of Josh Dugan 
and like the anguish, <laughs> the, the just the the angry the anguish and self and self loathing of playing only one game in every four, and uh, just feeling the empty feeling the empty void in your life, posting selfies to Instagram. Do you think you, you, do you have that role inside you? All right, Brett Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> That's a leg we Mate, how the hell did Glenn Stewart not get suspended for fucking seven years from that collared punch that he threw at that Blair fellow in that game at the Brookvale Oval? Do you remember that? Two yeah, years ago? Do, do I remember it? It's one of my, Mate, my, one of my happiest memories. That, that punch should have been on bloody your other show, UFC show. That was out of control. <laughs> Only that Adam Blair then took on uh, Glenn Stewart and five of his teammates. And, uh, right. and come out victorious, as, as a good West Tiger would. As a good West Tiger would. <laughs> no, um, I, uh, I, uh, if I was ever to play Canberra Raider, it would be, who would it be? Would it be Gary Belcher? Because he never wanted to be tackled. Chicka Ferguson. Chicka Ferguson. He used to go to sleep at half time and smoke a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Eat a meat pie. Um, Steve Jackson, 89 grand final recreation. Grow what up. would it be? Well, Peter Jackson played for the Raiders and the Bears. Tragic life. Yes. Um, I don't know. I'd probably or Chris O'Sullivan. There's, there's a lot of great Raiders players, mate. There's a lot we can talk about players. Chris O'Sullivan. Players. I would probably play Ivan Hinjack. <laughs> he was the prettiest Raider. At the end of the movie, you can see the Brisbane Broncos put a bullet in his head. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, mate, it's going to be... I look forward to it, and um, I look forward to listening to you blokes for the rest of the year, actually, and, and uh, hearing more about the decline of the Barmain Tigers. And then, oh, the Tigers, and then coming up with a very good hashtag slash... Might be like something to do with pet tides or... Let's wind this up, bl- shall we? <laughs> Jesus, I don't know if I want to listen to this conversation. I'm about to get in... <laughs> or get sued. No, no, you're fine. The only person that's going to see you is probably Glenn because, I mean, you pretty much you know, dished it to him the whole time. So, see, that's the thing is, I dished it in the whole time. Yet every time I listen to your fucking show, all I want to do is dish it to you, you manly supporter. <laughs> so give it back on later in the fucking season and I'll give it to you, you bastard. <laughs> all right, well, uh, we'll, we'll, we might have you back around the time that Manly play the, uh, the Raiders as well. It's the first time we're playing in Canberra in years. Years actually, it's a lot. To, to be honest, um, a lot of Canberra supporters and a lot of Manly supporters in Canberra are really excited because it's the first time they've um, they've, sh- they've scheduled the Seagulls to play the Raiders down there for like it's like five years or something or more. Yeah, it, yeah, it feels like a while. Yeah, it's been a really long while. So, um, and we have a pretty shitty uh, record against you guys. So, I think yeah. you tell us up every time. Record against most teams, Matt. Let's be. Oh, go fuck fair. yourself, mate. Where'd you come last? <laughs> <laughs> and you got a shittier side this year. Players as bad as Bo Ryan tried to get out of the club. What are you talking about? And and succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> Sensational work. And um and once again, you just you, you went from a stage there where you, where you were trying where you were trying to even it up a bit and towel me off, and you still ended up back on Glenn. So <laughs> it's just it's just the way it goes. That's um, how my life works, Matt. It's the right. ebb and flow of this show. This is the way it is. All right, lads. Have a good night. All right. Thanks, thanks for your time, mate. Thanks for joining us. See you, See mate. You, Take care. See you guys. That was fun.
as is customary at this time of year, we are going to just do a bit of a run through of the season and the clubs and, you know, their gains, their losses, and just what we think will be their final resting place in uh, season 2013. So, as is Typical and as as the way that I didn't actually uh, lay out my fuck, I laid them out sequentially from one to sixteen, which is not the way we do it. We usually do it, uh, you know, from the bottom team working our way up to the top team. That's correct. From the previous season, so the wooden spoon last year was the eels, and uh, they finished last on the table, where they belonged. Six that wins, point. desperate team with six wins. So where will the eels finish in twenty thirteen, Glenn? Well, I'd like to start off by saying it's a little bit early for Ricky Stewart, who, of course, takes the reins this season at Parramatta. It's too early for him to do too much with this team. Um, I think perhaps by the time that he can do something with the team that and a roster that he has assembled around him, I think the Parramatta board, as is their way, will have probably have had enough of him and uh, will be ready to fire him. So I think Ricky's on a hiding to nothing, but... Um, no real losses and gains to speak of, so to speak. Um, yep. uh, with the exception, of course, of Nathan Hindmarsh. Um, as far loss, as sir. losses go, he's he's retired. Um, no more Hindmarsh means no more defence, I think. Um, Birdie retired as well. And he yeah. was a good player for him. Yeah, I guess. I, I'm, I was never a big Luke Burt fan, but he was, he was a good clubman for Parramatta. I predict the Eels to have the worst defence in the comp. I just with with Hindmarsh gone, that's a massive hole. Yep. And you look through their roster, I don't see anyone that really is going to be putting their hand up to fulfil that role. Yep. So put a number to it, Eels. I've gone finishing eleventh. Eleventh is still fucking improvement. It is, but geez, there's some teams that are going to be shit this year too. Yeah, well, you're just going on and just to go, so they're going to have the worst defence in the comp and slate them, and then you're going to let them go five spots up the ladder? All right. That's your prerogative. You can do that. I just want to make sure it's not a typo. Yeah, you should, you should wait to hear what I've got to say about some other teams. All right. I've got them in 14th, and um, and I will group teams into you know into these groupings of teams that I think are, you know, there are, there are a couple of groups that could be really variable, but um, whether they get the spoon or not, they could, it's, I think they're one of the possible spooners, but I've got them in 14th position anyway, so it's certainly in the bottom four. I think the, the, the main reason I had them finishing just that little bit higher is because they still have the quality of you know guys like Tonga, um, Jared Hayne, Chris Sandow, uh, Rennie Matua, one of my personal favourites, um, Tim Manor. Arguably... Three, three of the three of the five plays you just mentioned then aren't really that talented, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still, I think that is more than enough to get over at least five teams in the competition uh, to finish over at least five teams in the competition. All right, I'd be interested to hear those five. Next team that finished fifteenth with uh, only eight wins last year, the Panthers, Penrith Panthers. Got a lot of gains. And when you look at the list, Lewis Brown, Dean Fare, Sikamanu, Sigiaro, Wes Nagama, uh, Kyle O'Donnell, uh, Jeremy Lattimore, Mossy, James Roberts, Moses Pangai. Then we go through to the lesser, you know, like Sam Anderson, Ethan Cook, uh, Maurice Kennedy, Tom Humble. Fuck, they get that. And Anthony Cherrington was one of these uh, real late, late-moving Roosters players. Yeah, I think... Um it's clear that Gus and, and Ivan Cleary have obviously got a vision there. Um, 
I really think they're still probably a season away from, from getting anywhere near that vision, but they are trying to work their roster around the type of guys that, that they see are going to carry their, their philosophies um, that they have in mind for the club out on the field. Um, they're probably short, a real quality, unpredictable sort of playmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Walsh is a good halfback, and he does have his, his good patches of form. It just He's not a... You wouldn't even say he was a Chris Sandow as far as his individual attacking brilliance. Um, you know, there's talk of him signing Thurston, and that that's the sort of thing that will get him over the hump. Yeah. Um, I think those again, those those buys that they have made. Um, I'm keen to see how those guys fit into the to what the culture that they're trying to build, and to watch them slowly evolve. Um, over the next probably season and a half into a competitive side. I don't know that they're going to be uh, that competitive this season, mainly because of their lack lack of playmakers. Um, you know, they've lost their main strike weapon in Jennings as well. But look at the loss of the lost players. Michael Gordon, Luke Lewis, Michael yep. Jennings, Harry Seeker, Nafsa Luini, Shandor Earl, Travis Burns, Mitch Achurch. Just, yeah. You look at some of those names in there, Gordon, All those Lewis, players Jennings can walk straight in into first grade in any club out in Penrith. Um, I've got the Panthers finishing second last. I have them finishing 13th. So what's that, third last? Yes. Fifth, fourth last. Something like that. Yeah, fourth <laughs> last. But yeah, once again, they're one of those teams that are in my group of four at the bottom that could finish in any order, really. Uh, third last last season, surprisingly too, because they were the beaten grand finalists of 2011, the Warriors with eight wins. And they, I don't know that too much is going to get better for them. We'll just look at the, the player merry-go-round first. Thomas I mean, Lulawai, they've got him back. Yeah. Dane Nielsen from Melbourne, he's a good get. That is a good Harry Seeker, who's mentioned from uh, from Penrith. Todd Lowry <laughs> and uh, from Melbourne. And uh, Dominic Peru. Peru, it's French for reserve grade. Yeah. And they lost, uh, well, the, the big ones, Lewis Brown to Penrith, Michael Luck to retirement, James Maloney to Chooks. And uh, Licky Licky, of course they lost Licky Licky, but that was I think that was earlier, wasn't it? That was uh, yeah, they you know, lost the, him mid-season. They lost uh, Licky Sow to to uh, Manly, and he's I think he was the form twenties uh, player. And um, yeah, Slime Ankle went to U- Union in Japanese Japan. Rugby. Yeah. Oh, and, and don't forget the biggest loss for them, as far as just commentary is concerned, Akuma Ta'ai, Huddersfield in the ESL. Yeah, that's you know I shed a tear the day he. Walked out of the Warriors. No more. Can you say, can you uh, mention the, the the feats of Akuma Ta'ai? An old mate, the commentator over there. I mean, that yeah. guy must. He's like, what? Yeah. yeah. Who replaced him with a Smith, a Jones? How yeah. do I get Jones or Smith? He'll find a way. He'll he find, will. He will find a. He will find a way to kiwi up any name. Yep. That guy. And then mention the high school they played for which is purely relevant. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think their key losses in, in Brown, the retirement of Luck, and also James Maloney going to the Roosters, um, weigh heavily when compared to even their best buys. Um, and I think that's going to have the biggest impact on this season, um, other than the fact that they're going to be coached by Matthew Elliott. Um, that's the biggest downer for them, in my opinion. He's got a penchant for, you know... Coaching shit. <laughs> for getting the players to stare into each other's eyes and, and all these sorts of things that, that, you know, are fairly new age, but unfortunately doesn't get them passing and catching and yep. scoring points. And 
that's probably going to lead to the Warriors losing a bunch of games this season. Um, and I just think you only have to look back to the, the Penrith Panthers train wreck uh, under the uh, tutelage of Matthew Elliott for, for a real good indication of the Warriors' season prediction. And the position of where that club is now, still trying to recover from that train wreck. Um, I've got them finishing 13th. And when you, you think about Matthew Elliott, he was possibly one of the highest credentialed, or at least Coach uh, of the held in very high esteem by the media um, when he was at Canberra. Yep. And wow. I've got him 12th. So, yeah, similar to you. So, yeah, yeah, we've, we're not too too dissimilar at the moment, actually, with our... Uh, Other than para. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fourth last, eight wins again, the Chooks. Yeah, they've probably been... Probably with them and Cronulla have probably been the biggest movers in the off-season. Yeah, I'd um, say ob- so. Obviously, Sonny Bill. Um, and then late signings of Michael Jennings from Penrith and, and also super late getting Luke O'Donnell from England. Yep, and add that to James Maloney. We just mentioned we were talking about the Warriors. Sure. And uh, they lost. Brayton Astor. Uh, Takarangi. BJ Leilua. I mean, I dare say they didn't lose him. They were you know, happy to to punt him mm-hmm. uh, Mossy Justin Carney and uh, you know a couple of uh, younger characters That's a yeah Curtis Rona Penny Tungabe who retired early spectacularly and uh, Anthony Cherrington which is the Panthers so there's been a lot of hype around Sonny Bill Williams and rightfully so I mean the man is a sexy beast but um, Luke O'Donnell I think could prove to be a more important buy than Sonny um a, he's probably going to play more games when he's not suspended. Yeah. Um, and having said that, uh, he's he's certainly going to bring a lot of toughness and and clog up the middle. Um, you reckon he's still got it? I absolutely. We'll yeah, that guy's a machine. Yeah. Um, as long as he doesn't kill anyone, which is <laughs> it's always touch and go with Luke O'Donnell. Um, you look at the Roosters' side on paper. Pretty good list. Jennings and Kenny Dale in the centres. And yep. you've got Maloney and um, Mitchell Pearce slinging Mitchell, them the yeah. ball. And then forwards like Sonny, Luke O'Donnell, um, Letters, yep. Jake Friend, it's a, and Mini, of course, at the back. It's a pretty good side if they can put it together. I think the biggest yep. question mark is their coach. Um, Trent Robinson had better have a plan for a roster of this calibre. Yep. Uh, Nick Politis is notoriously impatient. Um, and I just... I don't know who's had the best recruitment, either the Roosters or the Sharks. Um, I, I probably lean towards the Roosters, but uh, I've got them finishing seventh. I have them finishing eighth. So once again, not too far off. Yeah, within one. Um, but they are they fall into into a, a group of about five clubs that I think I've got positioned from you know sort of eighth to twelfth, where you know could finish in either any, you know any real order. And there but is that of, group every year. Yeah. That. You know, is fighting and scratching and scraping. You have that point of the season. We have yep. had it for the last few seasons, where you've got those teams. If they win a game, they could jump four spots. If they lose a game, they could drop six spots. So, yep. um, you know, there's going to be those sort of middle of the rung teams again this season. I think. Okay, next, the Knights. Ten wins last year. Now, where is my notes on the Knights? Here we go. They've gained a couple of. Um, you call them Bennett men. Bo Scott, Jeremy Smith. They also picked up uh, David Falongo, Anthony Quinn, uh, BJ Lailua, 
you know, mystifying. Recently, Travis Waddell from the Raiders. That's and, a good uh, buy. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, to for their for their part, they lost, and I guess a lot of these were released actually. You know, at the behest of Bennett, uh, Richie Fauso, Zeb Taya, Wes Nagama, Kyle O'Donnell, Joel Edwards, Evan Tumavave, Junior Sow, Sam Anderson, Ethan Cook, Kurt Mann for some lesser lights. Yeah, Bennett, I think he's taken some major steps to, towards assembling his type of roster, roster. Um, much like he did at the Dragons. Yep. Um, it probably came together a, a bit quicker at the Dragons, but I think he had more to work with in his Initially, first season yeah. there. Um, so both Scott, Jeremy Smith, uh, more so, but also They're Anthony ones, Quinn. Yeah. Sorry? They're the key ones, those two guys there. Oh, obviously. I think Anthony Quinn as well. He's a bit of a hard-nosed sort of guy, no-nonsense, gets in, does Grub. his work. Um is a grub, but I think he'll respond well to, to Bennett's coaching. They're all in the mould that he sort of desires to, to build his squad around. So, uh, obviously, he's already got Darius there. Um, he's persisting, obviously, with Mullen and Gidley, and, and that could ultimately be his downfall. Yep. Um, interesting they signed David Farlongo. Um, what are the odds of him laying one on Wayne Bennett's chin at the end of the season? Yeah, well, I mean, he's got it in him, but, you know... Wayne, you know, might I mean, who hasn't wanted to punch Jason Taylor, though? Yeah, well, that's, really? that's the thing. And you know, and 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 Jason Taylor, you know, is the the pilot of unsuccessful seasons. So yes. you know, you're gonna want to punch him even more. I mean, you know, Wayne, you know, should at least give you hope for the future, if not, you know, a reasonable, uh, you know, season. Did I ever mention about how much my old man hated Jason Taylor? No. He's very, uh, very astute judge of rugby league. My father. Just for leaving. No. Whilst he was playing, and the still, media was jumping for, all over, still for the Maggies. Yeah, and he was, he was playing for West, and um, the media used to lord Jason Taylor's long passing game, and my father thought he had the most deplorable long passing game, and he used to predict, he used to pick the intercepts, yeah, before he'd thrown the pass. He's like, "Here, look at this, look at this out wide here." Yep, here we go, intercept. And there it was. And fuck me, he used to throw some long cut-out balls and uh, get picked off. And West weren't a very good side anyway. Yeah, and just yeah. throwing intercept tries into the mix of it. Hated him. Anyway, he got his just desserts when David Farlongo belted him. Um, it's, sad, it's, sad that, it's sad that old Bruiser isn't still around because I bet you could do the exact same thing with Benji. Nah, nah. <laughs> see, he loved Benji. <laughs> he loved Benji. He used to, Benji used to get a pass for some of the retarded stuff he does. The old man, he just turned a blind eye. Jeez, Never did te- it with me. He'll be testing now. He'll be testing the loyalty now. I think time will tell for the Knights. If if resurrecting the Dragons of 2010 will spell success in 2013, um, is the game evolving at a rate that's going to leave Newcastle behind before Bennett's finished? That's, that's my concern for them. Um, and how will that affect Tinklow, which then... You know what does that do the, to the dynamic of Tinkler and Bennett? So, yep. um, I think he's on the right track, and I think they'll finish about sixth. To be honest, um, more mainly because of those signings, Scott and Smith. I think they leaked too many points, and they got really soft at points in games. And I think both Scott and Jeremy Smith are exactly the type of guys that will stop that from happening. So, uh, yeah, I think they're they're in for a decent season. And once again, we continue the trend. I've got them seventh. So I just don't think they're going to prove quite as much as you say. Um, now, next, the Titans. It's amazing to think that after the season they had and the season preceding that, that they finished uh, sixth last. 
But there you go, they did. And this year, I feel it may be uh, somewhat less successful. Yeah, I've, I think the the biggest factor for the Titans, other than the player exodus, is going to be a lack of discipline this season. Yeah. Um, I, I've got a feeling they'll be the most ill-disciplined side in the NRL. They've got uh, Mark Minicello, Dave Taylor, Greg Bird, and Nate Miles, um, who've all had their moments with referees in past seasons, especially in the ruck. Yep. Um, Idris, who's just generally like you know lazy. Yeah, but you look at Bird and Miles are going to be their leader, their mm. leaders, co-captains. Um, it just doesn't it doesn't augur well for a disciplined squad. Uh, and given their young, inexperienced halves, they really need to be at the opposite end of the spectrum there. Yeah. Um, to get the most out of their season, um, because putting those young, inexperienced halves under pressure with lots of penalties is going to spell disaster. Yep. Um, and I think that's ultimately what their season is going to be is a big disaster. Um, I think their pack will ultimately hold their own, um, especially in attack, uh, with obviously Taylor. Um, Miles will be his, his usual sort of self in attack, just cutting the ball forward. Um, but I just don't know that their halves are going to be able to build pressure and put points on when they need it. Um, and all those players left for a reason. I think it's going to be a long year, and I've got them finishing last. And ding, ding, ding. So do I. 16th place, the Titans. And I uh, couldn't agree with you more on the reasons why. Uh, they they had some strong trial form. And, you know, trial form. Who gives a shit? Um, Titans, I think, are in for a long season. Uh, it's unfortunate because, you know, we've got some listeners who are actually, you know... Big fans, decent yeah. Decent people and big fans of the Titans. So I, I feel bad that, you know... And really, with the, with the, the domination of the Broncos up here... We, they do need a legitimate kind of, you know, competitor in the Titans, but I just, I just don't think it's going to happen for them. And it, it is sad because it, the Titans really do need to be flying high around the top of the table, or at least in the top eight, um, to try and get any semblance of a decent crowd and, and financially, yep. um, you know, set themselves up. So the fact that, you know, they've brought some big-name players uh, up there, and I, I just don't think it's all going to come together for them, unfortunately. Um, letting Prince go, there's obviously more that's going on behind the scenes there, but letting him go and then having, you know, Albert Kelly come in and, and then you've got Aiden Caesar, who's going to be a hell of a player. Um, Albert Kelly is fairly unproven. Yeah. A great time in the 20s at Para. Uh, didn't do a lot in first grade. No, and that's the key thing when you look at the Titans. Look at, uh, you know, 1, 6, 7 and 9. Srama, you got no experience covered, whatsoever. Yeah, in, in, I mean, Srama's a great yeah. player, very inexperienced. Uh, Zilman has had had his moments, but he he was sort of been on the wing. He's been at fullback. He's played a bit of five eight, yep. filling in as well. Exactly. So sixteenth, we're agreed. Next, wow, that's pretty far down the ladder. West Tigers. So the West Tigers this season. Where are um, my notes on the Tigers? I'm just, oh, just got to go down the bottom of the pile. Here oh, go. mate, look, say for a head, case, a head case of a former coach, a couple of fringe first graders and, and an injury-prone POM, we have exactly the same side that experts would say would win the comp last season. Um, Brayton Astor, There's really no Ed reason Pettibon, why we won't do Bodine it. Sands Astor, I haven't finished. There's really no reason why we can't do it Sands Asterisk in 2013. So you're going to put a number on that? Oh, we'll get to that. I've got a few more points here I'd like to make, Nathan, but I, th- I, I thought uh, I'd let you have your say. I just wanted to basically just run over the gains and losses. So, Brayton Astor in, uh, Ed Pettibourne, Bodine Thompson, then we move down, you know, to lesser lights, Jack Buchanan and James Gavitt. 
losses. Gareth Ellis, absolute man crush of yours for the history of this show so far. Very you much act so. like you've never seen the guy in your life. You've never heard of him. Well, I didn't see him much last year. He was too injured. Yeah. Bo Ryan. Hino. And then we go to Junior Moore's Tom Humble, who was, you know, the fucking next coming of... No, no, no. You got me mixed up with someone else there. I don't know. <laughs> Dane Chisholm saw the light. And, uh, He's going to man. Yeah. <laughs> and John Grant to rugby union. So you look at the, you know, if you had a scale there of the guys that lo- you know left and the guys that have come in, much heavier the guys that left. Oh, much look, at heavier. the end of the day, Braith Nasta cancels out Gareth Ellis. Um, <laughs> and then you've got, you know, Petty Bourne and, and Thompson, two young up-and-coming players, you know, in the, place of, in the place of guys that were on the downhill slide. I, I don't have an issue with that. Um, I think Braithen Astor's already proven his worth in the off-season. He, he did a lot of the media work. He, he fronted press conferences and media sessions uh, and has taken a lot of the pressure off Benji and Robbie to to be the faces of the club in the wake of the whole Sheen situation. So I think he's, he's already been worth his weight in gold there. Um, you know, played his first game for the club, got two tries. Um don't really have a major issue with what Braith's bringing to the table at the moment. Last season you did, when he signed with the house you did. That's last season's last season, Nathan. We're here put to talk num- about the future. Put I think everyone just needs to settle the fuck down. I think Mick Potter's got this. Um, he's, <laughs> I mean, the man's had incredible success wherever he's gone. Um, you put that, you know, in tandem with Jacob Miller, who's probably in line to have an Adam Reynolds type year. Um, to bring the trophy back where it belongs. I think by mid-season, Tim Moulton will be a super sub, uh, which is his rightful place in the squad. And, and hot sauce, Jimmy Tedesco, will be the rookie of the year and the Tigers will finish first. What a fucking load of bullshit. I believe every word of it. I believe every word you say, but my result, you know, I, I added all that up as well and I came up with 10th. <laughs> I can't believe... That you have the audacity, I did have to a, host a rugby league podcast. I did when have you clearly know nothing about rugby. I league. did have him in ninth, to your credit, but then I then I saw all the other teams in the competition and I couldn't find a place for him in the top nine. So tenth, tenth for the Tigers. Next, Dragons. This will be fun. Oh, Ben Cray, captains aside, I think enough said. Really, yeah, yeah. Lost, uh, you know, some some toughness in uh, Bo Scott. I, I think they're the same side in attack, um, and that's sad. But they've, on top of that, they've also had their heart in Dean Young, their soul in Ben Hornby, and their their attitude in Bo Scott ripped out. Um, all that's left is Jamie Soud and Ben Cray. Yeah, that's all. That's really all that needs to be said. I think people can guess from there. I I, th- I think Dragons fans want Steve Price to be a good coach. But the reality is, I don't think you'll have a job past Origin. I wouldn't disagree with that, but also a coach, the best coaches such as you know Wayne Bennett, Mick Potter, guys like that, they change the style of game that a team plays to suit their roster, the strengths and weaknesses of their roster, and um, I don't think he's going to have any new ideas based on what I saw last season, and I think they'll finish fourteenth. Oh, you actually got them. Uh... A little bit better off than me. I'm going to pick them second last, 15th for the old draggies. Jeez, there'll be a lot of whining Dragons fans out there. Well, guys, look, you know, don't don't shoot the messenger. 
I mean, I, I saw Twitter today when the team list came out. Hey, we're just letting you know where they're going to finish. I, I saw, mean, it's up to them, you know, why they finish there. But, you know, at the end of the day, put your money on and finish third last. I saw on Twitter, um, you know, the team list came out and people were having their reactions to the team list. And a lot of Dragons fans were like, yeah, happy with that side. Really? Really? Because it's the best they've got. Oh, fucking hell. I mean, it's amazing that they won a premiership only a couple of years ago. Standards have dropped so quickly, it's ridiculous. Wayne Bennett, I tell you. How shit must Newcastle be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, next, the Broncos. How are the Broncos looking for this year? Let I think they learned a lot, a lot of lessons in 2012, um, like the fact they needed a playmaker. I made the, the point numerous times over the course of last season that Corey Norman wasn't that guy yep. um, due to his inability to pass the fucking football. I think that's a, um, you know, it's probably within the top two skills of a 5'8". Yep. Passing and kicking. Catching would probably be in there too. Probably didn't do a great job of that. Um, I think Prince has probably similar quality of player around him than uh, as he did at the Titans, but I think a the Brisbane culture probably gets the best out of those players. B being dumped by the Titans, I think that can be a catalyst for a form reversal for him. Um, Gerard Yowie, I think if he comes back, which is still not determined, yeah, and how he comes back, which is even more yet to be determined, um. That might be the difference. They're just... Other than Justin Hodges, there's not a great deal of strike power in that back line. They're good, solid players. Um, Hoffman at the back probably brings a bit. Yeah, but he's at the wing, isn't he? No, he's, he played fullback. No, but um, they dropped him. They, no, they've dropped him now to the wing, haven't they? Oh, after his indiscretion, that's yeah, true. Yeah, I think he's been dropped to the wing, so I don't think he gets a fullback slot. Um, yeah, he does really bring that X factor to the team. Whether he comes back the same player, there's a horrible injury... Um, whether he comes back the same player is is something that's going to play out over the course of the season. Um, again, what's the right combination between Wallace and Prince in the halves? I, I personally would have had Prince at half and Wallace at five eight. When Wallace was at Penrith, starting his career, he played five eight. Yeah, I remember him killing the Broncos with a field goal that no Ranger should ever really be able to kick. Yep. Um, that's probably the one that actually got his contract. Sorry? That was the game that got his contract. I, I suspect it probably was. I would probably have them around the other way, but what the hell do I know? Um, Josh Maguire, I think, for their forwards is is key. I think he's under a lot of pressure to step up um, in Petro's retirement. So how's um, how do you think the Broncos will fit? Fair this season. Well, for starters, they lost. Uh, you know, players that not, I might not necessarily have rated, but you know, players the Broncos and their fans really love, like Jared Beald. Uh, very quickly forgiven for ending Lockie's career, far far quicker than I thought it would be. He did. He was probably their best player at the back end uh, of yeah. last season. Petro, heart and soul of the club type player, and Ben Teo. Don't forget about him. He was one of their best players last year. Definitely. He was the one that made shit happen. He's gone down to South. And they've replaced that with David Stagg. Has been. What is it with the Broncos? Scott it's, Prince has it's been. Credit to their culture that, oh, he's coming home. David he's Stagg's coming home. coming home. He David Stagg should have been taken out into a paddock like you do with all broken down old animals and shot. Yeah. Figuratively. I'm not saying anyone should shoot David Stagg. 
if you want to use a euphemism of coming home, no, he should have been sent to a farm. Yes, in quotes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same with Dan and Kemp. Oh, he's coming home. Um, that's the same home that fucked him off twice. Yeah, the same <laughs> that's home. home. The only job he had at home was fucking peeling oranges. <laughs> Scotty Prince is coming home. Um, geez, he's had some homes. Yeah, yeah, that a few. And, and and at this home in particular, all he seemed to do is break his fucking legs. The only, I mean, Scott Prince's true home is Campbelltown slash Leichhardt, where he won his premiership, <sighs> his lone premiership. Now, so, can you put a number home. on the Broncos? Tenth. Tenth, I've got him in ninth. And uh, the reason is basically, yeah, I think... <laughs> basically because you had the West Tigers in tenth and you couldn't put two teams in tenth. Yeah, yeah, and because I think the Broncos, are, you know, they scraped into the eight last year as a wounded and, you know, busted side, and they blasted out pretty quickly. And, um, and yeah, I think the Broncos, I think their lineup's actually worse this year. I don't think Prince has got much to offer. I think he's uh, well and truly peaked years ago, probably 2005. He's been on the downhill slide ever since, and this will be a continuation of that. And when you lose your heart and soul players like Big Petro, I mean, you can try and manufacture heart and soul players like Thiday and stuff. Not really, you know. Like, you know, uh, Corey Parker, he's, you know, kind of, but, you know, not influential enough on a game to, you know, be that kind of guy. So when your heart and soul player that you've got left is uh, Peter Wallace, who's like an import, and he's a ranger, so by the very by definition, he doesn't have a soul. <laughs> uh, you know, you're a soul aside, and you're going to finish worse than you did the previous season, ninth. Next. Sharkies. What have we got with Sharkies? I've, I I've got the Sharkies being big improvers this season. Bigger than Easts? Oh, considering where they on finished. The ladder, probably yeah, East where, where yeah. East finished last year is probably... They probably just pipped them, but... Um, again, I've, I've sort of commended them on their recruitment. Earlier when we were talking about the Roosters, um, you know, Hyington adds to... You know, adds to their pack. Luke Lewis is a big buy. Michael Gordon's a big buy. Um, and I think they... Luke Lewis, not only for his work ethic, but also um, brings another element of creativity to their attack. Michael Gordon as well. Um, I think uh, whether he plays wing or fullback, I think he his attacking game uh, and support play, not to mention his goal kicking, yep. um, adds another element to the Sharkies. Um, and I think their pack is going to be the equal of any in the comp. Um, they've got probably the most inspirational leader um, in, in the NRL in Paul Gallen. Um, I think the biggest... And I know they, they did quite well last season with Jeb, Jeff Robson at halfback, but can he put that again, uh, together again and take it to another level? At some point, he's going to you know yeah, get every no, last especially. drop wrung out of his career. Yeah. Um, Having said that, I think with the buys that they've made and on the back of Paul Gallen, I think they'll finish third. I have them finishing sixth. So improvement, but not big improvement. And that's no no knock on the Sharkies. It's really more just the quality of the teams that uh, I think are above them on the table. Like the West Tigers. On this list. Oh, no, that's no, right. No, no they're tenth. tenth. They're tenth. Yeah, that's right. They're tenth. And fucking just wait and see. Wait and see. Okay, what have we got? The Raiders. So very, uh, very relevant given... Um, Chad Sextington, Matty Lenevez, and he's uh, sledging, ruthless sledging of you. Uh, and he's yeah, he hates me. And, he's, and his love of the he's Raiders. He's got nothing love um, the man. He's a sexy man. Yeah. But, fuck, he hates me. Um, Canberra. Um, 
I think they'll score plenty of points. I think yeah. this side's got just as many points as they have douchebags. They got they got a lot of douchebags. They've got a lot of um great players. Uh, but the problem with Canberra is the same as it's been probably the last three years, maybe. They're like you know one or two major injuries away from you know spoon contention. But if they can keep a healthy yeah, list a the entire season, I think the Campo factor knows? is is bigger this season. Um, we're talking a couple of seasons now where yeah. he hasn't played, you know, for yeah. large, large parts. Yeah. Um, it's not just a matter now of whether he can come back physically, because I think he will. Um, he was never, you know, that explosive pace, you know, or light-stepping yeah. sort of guy where knee injuries, etc., um, are going to, you know, seriously bring him back to the pack. Um, he's very much a, a guy that, you know, plays... Uh, with vision and plays with, you know, a smart, he's a smart footballer. Um, whether he can come back mentally to the grind of the NRL and the physicality of it, um, it remains to be seen. He's had a couple of injury plague seasons um, and that does play on some players' minds. Whether it does him or not is going to have a major effect on Canberra's season. Um, having said all that, if Campo does come back, play the whole season, um, he could win... Dally M for all I care. They've still got Josh McCrone at halfback, um, and that's never going to win you a comp. So I think they'll finish twelfth. And uh, and as has been for you know much of our lists, very similar. I've got him in eleventh position. Now we move up one more to the North Queensland Cowboys. These are an improving side for mine. Uh, they lost you know some decent players. They lost, I mean Sigiaro was a great player for them. You know uh, Aaron Payne wasn't the most spectacular player in the world, but I mean. You know, he held shit down for years. Good clubman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and certainly fell into the style of play that they played and really it was constructed around him yep. with JT and Bowen working off the back yep. of his work in the ruck. And Corey Patterson, he wasn't too bad for him either when he uh, uh, you know, came up from the Where's the Corey Patterson going? He's going to uh, Hull KR okay. uh, in ESL. Now, they've gained a uh, good gain in uh, Rory Cost-Jason from the Storm. Curtis Rona from the Roosters. Clint Greenshields has come back. Uh, from Catalan and Scott Moore. second career is better than the first. Yeah, Scott Moore from Huddersfield. So and that that could be the biggest extra for the Cowboys. Um, for all of JT and Bowen's brilliance, um, they've got an untested man at hooker. Yeah, yeah, they they've do. built their style of play really since two thousand and five around quick, solid work out of and and. Getting guys on the hop out of dummy half, yeah, um, and JT running off the back of that, and then Bowen splitting through the ruck through the holes that the dummy half yeah, creates. But I mean, he's not a it's not a all or nothing proposition because they still have Mitchell, don't they, from last year from the from the Chooks that they got uh, mid year or whatever. So well, they've sort of signalled use... their intentions, and we'll get to the team list. But um, how Moore goes at hooker is, is, you know, and how he starts the season is is going to be interesting to see. I think Tarek Sims um, is another X factor for them. Um, whether he can come back and be the same player. Um, so last year he came back from his first broken leg, um, looked every bit the player he was and, and was in origin contention um, and then broke it again. Yeah. And, you know, that's another mental hurdle to, to overcome. He's a young guy. Um, hell of a player, though. Yeah. He's, he's going to be, if he gets back to his peak form, then that's another element to the Cowboys game that um, will be to reckon with. But uh, I, I don't know. It's all, it's still all going to be about JT um, and who's going to partner him in the halves that could make or break their finals hopes. Uh, obviously, Ray Thompson is a safe, politically correct option. 
and they've got Robert Louis waiting in the wings. Um, if Ray Ray has a, st- a slow start to the season, um, you know, do they put up with the the criticism of playing Robert Louis? Um, you know, That's under the, question, the guise of we're trying to get his career back on, in his life back on track, blah blah blah. Um, if Robert Louis returns to his 2010 2011 um, on the field form, um, <laughs> I'm glad you specified that. He he, you know, they could they could be one hell of a squad. Yep, they they could be. And um, what number did you apply to them? Ninth. Ninth. Yes. Cowboys. Yes. Ninth. That's fucking random because they were sixth last year and I consider them to be improvers this year. So I've actually got them sitting in third. Yeah, I, I just think... How are you going to go say all that shit and then say, oh, but they're going to drop three places? Well, I just said it. <laughs> I still think they, they haven't got any real major buys. Um, and, you know, guys that they've built their gameplay around for a number of seasons have left. Um, and, you know, it still comes down to JT and Bowen. All right. That's a, that's a, probably our biggest disagreement, apart from obviously you know West Tigers, because obviously you're going to say they're going to finish first. Uh, next, legends, mighty Manly Seagulls. You want to get us kick started with this, this mob? <laughs> These what? <laughs> okay, so um, tons of gains. I mean, the people, a lot of people are saying, you know, oh, you know, Manly, they've they've lost so much. Well, let's let's clarify what they've lost. Dean Farrow, who's you know he's a pretty good player for us when he came into the side through injury. Tony Williams, lazy motherfucker. I mean, every Manly fan is glad to see the back of that motherfucker. Shiftless bastard. Uh, Darcy, gotta love Darcy, but he's off to the yields. And you know, reserve grader. At he best. was, he was, you know, he was, he was, a, he was a decent player, but yeah, he certainly was like a you know a reserve or you know. Yeah, it wasn't you know the best property. Daniel Harrison barely saw any first grade. Fucking him, he's a ranger too. Uh, Michael Oldfield once again through injury gets on the field. Now he's gone to the Roosters. And Josh Drinkwater never seen first grade. He's going to St George Illawarra, and we didn't mention the you know, the great white hope for them. You know, apparently he's going to be the the halfback that you know saves their lives. N- ridiculous. Then the gains. I mean, we gains. I've already got a nickname for him. Thirsty. Yeah. Thirsty. We got, we, we've uh, we've gained some orange peelers in uh, in Essie Tonga. And um and you know, potentially Kane Lawton uh, as well, but Justin Horro, from, from all reports, apparently he's been trained in house down uh, incredibly, and I think he's earned himself a spot in round one side. Richie Fayoso was fantastic last season um, when he moved to the Storm, and and I think he's a good option at prop for a reserve prop. Brenton Lawrence apparently he's got a lot of trial time as well, and has been looking fantastic. And a couple of the Titans fans I've been uh, chatting to as well, they're like sad to actually lose him. Um, David Gower was a um, a good up and coming. Uh, prop from the St. George Liggy Sow uh, one of the players of the um, under 20s Michael Cheekham another one fantastic under 20s James Hassan once again that's a that's a, a young gun that Cronulla didn't want to lose and we got Peter Hiku I think he was the actual player was he the player of the year for the, the 20s and uh, Dane Chisholm uh, returns to returns home from West Tigers and then uh, Jesse Senny Lafau who Penrith supporters you know were sad to lose so I think we picked up a lot of good young guys I think there's a few solid guys year. in there yes yeah. Cheekham uh, Chisholm Fioso solid buys well, I think Justin Horro he has the potential to be one of the buys of the year if he gets the minutes yeah yeah exactly so um, and yeah th- and some of these guys won't come up from the younger grades probably this season but you know they're definitely yeah, they're guns of the future as well so 
this you know this assumption that I see people people see like you know guys like Fare and and uh, and Harrison there's losses really Tony Williams was a solid first grader but he only played about seven games for us last season so Lussick's the only guy that spent a hell of a lot of time on the field for us that we lost and when you look at the guy you know guys like you know Richie Faioso and Brenton Lawrence David Gower Liggy Sauer is a younger guy I mean we've got him fucking covered quite frankly I mean and, you know if that's a loss. So I think the best thing that can happen to the rest of the NRL is if Manly stays out of the papers, um, they don't have any extended losing streaks or get any other reason to, to be motivated by a backs-to-the-wall mentality, which is when they're at their best. Um, unfortunately, none of that stuff actually has to happen for Manly to get that mentality. Um, they'll just make it up. But um, <laughs> I, I think if, if Manly can just... You know, you love to say how they fly under the radar, but if they can legitimately fly under the radar because they're just not that good, um, then that's probably a good thing. I think Manly are at their best when they think the world hates them. Um, and if they can avoid that, I just don't know that they're going to find the motivation to do it again. <laughs> they don't need that to motivate them. DCE and Foran working with Joey is a positive step. Exactly. Uh, Joey's there full-time. Um, I think some of the intended targets are probably getting some miles and injuries on the clock. Jamie Lyon in particular um, still, yeah, still right. had a fantastic year last year. He's one hell of a player. Just every player has that dip. Um, Steve Maddow has a similar. He's got a lot of injuries on the clock as well. Um, whether they can start running out the same tight old place to these sort of guys. Um, they've got good young halves, dynamic young halves. But they still need something to work with. And plus, they got like young guys coming through as well. Chisholm got a lot of time in the uh, in the trials, and Hiku got a lot of time in the trials as well. And he's actually named on an extended bench for round one as well, so he's getting uh, injected into the side probably sooner than uh, we would have thought. I've got Manly finishing eighth. I've got him finishing anywhere. I mean, certainly top eight. Um, probably somewhere from four to six, in my opinion. I'm going to just split the difference and say fifth. But if they stay injury free in key positions, then there's no reason why they can't win it again. You know, just legendary dynasty side. Uh, and you notice I didn't come out and say bullshit stuff like first, just to say... Mate, you know, if you don't believe in your team, that's fine. And oh, I support you not believing in your team, that's fine, Nathan. See, this is where these asterisks come back to make no, you like there's a no fucking asterisk. moron. I'm just saying I believe wholeheartedly in my team's ability to win the competition. If you don't, that's fine. I, no, fan. I, don't, I don't believe in their ability to win the minor premiership, but I believe wholeheartedly in their ability to win the comp. Absolutely. Wow, that's interesting. So, uh, I'm all about domination, Nathan. Oh, yeah, undefeated Ascaris. We all fucking heard about that <laughs> for 12 months. Now, the Rabbitohs. They got Ben Teo, Jeff Lima from Wigan. Bo I think champion, they're both good boys. Bo Champion, a late acquisition from the Titans fire sale. Sure. Bryson Goodwin, yeah. Another Burtis, George. <laughs> Mitch Bucket from the Sunshine, uh, Sunshine Coast Sea Eagles. And their losses. Great name. Yeah. I don't care if he does nothing, but if he plays a lot of first grade. He's a big fan of you. He did tweet me because I, I just randomly, Mitch Bucket played in, in the Charity Shield. And I just, I had this vision. He didn't have a bad game. He did some good things. I just had this vision that, you know, if if Mitch Bucket had a, a Tim Moulton type performance yeah. in him, could you imagine how Twitter would explode with plays on words? Yeah. Yeah. Of Mitch Bucket's name. Mm-hmm. Just saying, that's what's going to happen. And I tweeted as such. And um, You didn't actually know he was on Twitter. You didn't add, I didn't actually know he was on Twitter. And then Mitch Bucket tweets at me and says, ha yeah, that'd be funny. 
pretty sure Mitch Bucket searched for his own name on Twitter. He's got an alert set up. He's got a social media team monitoring everything for I'm him. Sure. I mean, why wouldn't he? Yeah. Future yeah. immortal. Now they they lost uh, Ed Pettyborn. You know, it's a good loss. Dave Taylor, another good one, especially when you bring in guys like you know Bentio. Scott Getty's retired, and uh, Jason Roberts wound up at Penrith. James Roberts. James Roberts, sorry. And um, so yeah. How will Adam Reynolds, uh, who had one hell of a season yeah. last year, and he's I think due for a second year syndrome. The fact that his injury, you know, ultimately ultimately spelt the demise of of CS season. Um, how will he adapt to being more of a marked man and and managing? Those South fans' expectations of him. Yeah, I mean, nothing much changes from the start of the season to the end of last season. I mean, he would have been a marked man. He was known to be, you know, he was always going to win the Rookie of the Year. I mean, people knew what he was like then, so I don't really subscribe to this A lot thing. of tapes like, you know, been watched between months. now and then. Yeah, I don't uh, subscribe to the, that much. I mean, you know, those tapes would have been watched in the lead-up to their, you know, to their games the end of the season anyway. People knew what they were dealing with at the end of the season. Um I think if, if he can keep his fitness and his confidence, um, and if Greg Inglis stays fit, I think Souths are going to give it a real shake. Um, I think they'll finish fifth. Uh, Jeff Lima and Ben Teo, both great buys, um, and they just really add another dimension. Um, that And again, it's probably a more consistent dimension than what Dave Taylor bought. I've got them finishing second in the minor premiership, but that is only, there's a lot of caveats in there as well, as we'll get to, you know, when we get to the, the final team, but um, I, I definitely have them as a top, a top four side, so they're, they're definitely a contender. That's a big wrap from you, mate. Oh, I told you, I mean, this is neutral Nate this year, neutral Nate. Neutral Nate. Melbourne Storm, second on the minor premiership last year, the Purple Cheats themselves. Wow. What are you wearing about now? Yeah, just can't let it go. Not a lot of headlines factual, from Melbourne, but they drag some... Factual statements. Sorry? Factual statements. <laughs> the Purple Cheats. They really drag some, some sleepers um, in Lungi Setu, Junior Sauer, uh, Junior Moores and Brett Finch. Um, I think Junior Moores... You know, you look at what Bellamy's done with the Brian Norries of the world and, and players like that. He even made a player out of Jason Riles. Um, a player with the athleticism, um, size and strength of Junior Moores could be anything. Under, under Bellamy, he could be one of the most improved players in the NRL come the end of the season. Um, I've been saying it, and we saw bits and pieces of it last season, that little stretch that they had. Um, they're still one major injury away from coming right back to the pack. Uh, they're well coached, they're well drilled, they're methodical. Um, they've got you know three of the five best players in the game running around in their squad, which helps. Um, I, I think you can expect more of the same from the Storm, but um, as I said before, the game does evolve year to year. Uh, some shifts, uh, you know, over the course of a season are, are bigger than others. It's just a matter of will the rest of their NRL finally have the Melbourne's, uh, the sorry, the Melbourne Storms number, um, and will the game evolve, you know, and not take them with it? I just, you know, they're, they're probably the only ifs for Melbourne. If if there's not a big shift in the way the game is played, if people don't sort of subscribing to the way Canterbury did things last season uh, with that short interchange of passing and, and, you know, the quick men playing at the back of that. Um, I think I expect more of the same from the Storm, but in the minor premiership, I think they'll finish fourth. Oh, that's right, because you've got fucking imbecile West Tigers calling first. I forgot about that. I've got them finishing first on the minor premiership. 
more of the same. Simple as that. So that leads us to the Bulldogs. Minor premiers last year. Gaines yes. won Tony Williams. And let's face it, you know anyone who watches a game of football last year would realise that's not actually a gain. That's a fucking detriment to your that's, side. That's point number one. Can they overcome the crippling, crippling acquisition of Tony Williams and be the same side? Yeah, and now when you look at their losses though as well, I don't really see any of those guys as a real loss. Look at these guys like Luke McDougall, uh, Bryson Goodwin, David Stagg, Michael Lett, you know, Jonathan Wright. I don't see any of those guys, you know, they're, they're not really There's a loss. There's no huge, huge There's no holes left there. Yeah. The biggest hole is obviously Ben Barber um, being stood down by the club indefinitely. Um, how much will his woes impact their start to the season? Um, will they be in too big of a hole come origin time, which will then present more problems when other players are selected for the rep squads? Um, I just... You see sometimes teams make it to the summit, as the Bulldogs did last year. They didn't take that final step and win it all, but um, they had a great year. They took some major leaps. Um, but sometimes you see teams get to that point just before they fall back a peg. Yep. Um, I don't think the Dogs will be that team in 2013 if Ben Barber plays more than 12 games. Um, if he plays any less than that, I think they're just that's a massive part of the way that side plays um, that's taken away from them. And it's it's a big ask. It's a big ask. They're well coached, um, but they do play, you know, a style that is, is very skill-based um, and... At the moment, there's no more skillful player in the game than Ben Barber, uh, so that's a huge hole for them. Um, one last point, uh, Josh Reynolds. I think he's prime candidate to get a touch of the Daniel Mortimers. Yeah? Yeah, he's he's just not the most naturally gifted player. He gets it's a lot of hustle, um, and I just think that probably is a bit easier for opposition defences to, to account for. Um, and, and they probably know more of what they're going to get so they can tailor their game plan around it. So, you know, I think he's a great player and I, I, I really enjoyed watching him come on last season. I just got a, a sneaky feeling that it, second year might knock him around a bit. But I still have the Dogs finishing second. I've got him finishing fourth and, you know, they could possibly go top two. But, you know, at this stage, it's just such an X factor. Like, how long is Barber out? And, you know, if he's, you know, we've heard all sorts of, you know, potential, you know, timings from, you know, six weeks to six months. Yeah. So if it's six months, that's it, their season gone. Which is an indication that no one fucking knows. Yeah, exactly. If it's six weeks, though, if he misses the first six rounds, then, you know, they should be, I mean, the statistics, you know, that you, that, that we've seen bandied about since, um, you know, the whole Barber thing's gone down is, that, you know, they are in very, very, very bad position without Barber in the side. Uh, and, you know, putting someone, someone like... Uh, was it, is it Turner, I believe, that they're going to put in the fullback? Yeah. You know, not even in the same fucking ballpark, let alone, you know. No, he's a solid first grader. He's, barely he's even, even played a bit sport. of origin on the wing. but Yeah, yeah. So, look, fourth for the Bulldogs. I mean, they might have a bit of a dip anyway, because how does this Barber thing affect them as a club? You know, regardless of the fact of just removing his talent from the side, how does it affect them, you know, psychologically otherwise? Um, you know, you'd think that Hazel would be over, you know, all over that, but, you know... I don't think so. So let's just say fourth. Fourth is going to be safe. Wouldn't surprise me if they finish high if they have a lot of barber in the season. But I think fourth is probably a pretty safe uh, bet. I agree. 
So that's it. We've uh, we've done it. That is. How uh, many of those will come back and haunt us at the end of the year? You know, I don't know if there was a lot of there wasn't a lot of super fearless predictions on this one. I think you know we were pretty reasonable. Well, so I did say that Tigers win it, but well, yeah, that that is going to be the most embarrassing call I think um, of the entire thing. Or the most genius. Oh, I think it's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> Previews for the first round of action in the 23-2013 season. And we have Thursday night football. Uh, great innovation. Yes, they did try so, try it last season, but this time they've factored in a couple of games on Thursday nights. And, you know... The more days we can watch footy, the better. Yeah, I'm just thinking about what's on TV on Thursday nights and nothing springs to mind. So, you know, why not footy? Um, the first game this season has gone... The honour has gone to the Sydney Roosters... Uh, taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Allianz Stadium. So how do you see it playing out? Oh, I think the Rabbitohs are, are the more settled side. Uh, the Roosters have got a few new buys in there that need to find their feet, um, particularly James Maloney in the halves, also Michael Jennings out in the centres. Uh, I think Michael Jennings, will, will, as we said, will ultimately prove to be a great buy for them. just think it's a little bit early for the Roosters. Uh, whether Sonny Bill plays or not is another factor. Um, but yeah, just the Rabbitohs, same side as last year, uh, with the exception of Tio, um, who comes in. But uh, I think they're more settled, and I think they'll um, they'll get away with a win. Yeah, and you'll see me talk about um, you know trial form, and I'll shit on it because trial form shit, and it's true. But in their favour, the Rabbitohs have had the only meaningful trial game. That happens every year, you mm. know, with their charity shield game against yeah, the Dragons. Look, look quite good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that is a game that is played, you know, as a proper game of football. Players aren't substituted willy-nilly. You know, Reggie's aren't on for, you know, three quarters of the match, that sort of thing. It is, you know, close, the closest thing to a proper game you're going to get in the uh, preseason. So, you know, they've had, you know, they look good in, in that game as well. Admittedly, and, uh, it was the Dragons. But. It was the Dragons they were against, and the Dragons were in it longer than they probably should have been. But, yeah, the Roosters. It's just, you know, this Sunny Bill hype, you know. SBW, really, really, OMG. Oh, OMG. GTFO. <laughs> Worst fucking marketing ever. But, uh, you know, it's it brings a lot of excitement to the game. I mean, does it make me any more excited to watch this game? No. Does it make me all. any more excited to watch this game? Well, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, you you bought a a jar of uh of coconut oil from from Onnit dot com to baste yourself in, you know, and to sit there on the couch waiting for kickoff. Yeah, I do have a lovely pair of coconuts <laughs> to go with my coconut oil. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you know, form over these first couple of rounds is really difficult to pick. You know, the trends don't really start to establish At least for themselves. The first five rounds, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, I think that you know the Rabbitohs are going to do it. Unless there's some kind of miraculous Sunny Bill fucking hype train that just uh, rolls through and, you know, bewilders the Rabbitohs and, you know, makes them lie down and die. <laughs> Friday night football. The Brisbane Broncos take on the mighty Manly Sea Eagles at Brookvale North, also known as Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Uh, this is a game that I will be in attendance at. Me too. Are you going as well? Are you taking Jackson or...? No, no, no. I'll be with the boys. Ah, so are you, main, you are you maintaining your season tickets this year? Yes. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I maintain. Okay, because I thought there was a time there where you weren't going to do it. Yeah, we're a bit up in the air with uh, Bradley moving to Toowoomba, but uh, yep. we've since come to an agreement. Which is what? As of 
about half an hour before I drove up here. Oh, okay. That we're gonna we've got a couple of takers to uh, take the uh, take like the half the games. Oh, okay. So, and so you can get some rebates or something on his. Oh yeah, they'll just hook him up with some cash. For, yeah. For, cool. Uh, you know, the hell of, it's a hell of a commute. Uh, certainly back home for a game of after footy, a game of footy to Toowoomba. Yeah. <laughs> to Toowoomba, so exactly. Yeah, and then you don't drive out the fucking range. Late, late, late after no, Friday night football it's not game. A lot of, not a lot of fun. I think the Broncos um, will be competitive. Um, again, just a little bit unsure about how this combination with Prince and Wallace is going to go. Um, I think Manly will get over the top of them in the forwards, and I think Manly will win. Just, just due to their forwards, um, settled side, um, and their halves. Halves are uh, a much better and more tested combination at this stage of the game, and and first game of the season, I think that that spells a victory. Most underrated spine in the game too. I f- in who, fa- who underrates them? I who underrates Brett Stewart or Kieran Foran with Daily Cherry? Journalists. I even saw a journalist ranking their to- their sides from one to sixteen based on their spines and had Manly missing the eight. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, retards. But, you know, Manly are always really fucking slow starters of the season. And uh, given it's at home for the Broncos, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Broncos won this game. Um, Manly didn't particularly seem to, to take the trials too seriously. There was a lot of running out of these kids and, you know, the, the new guys. Uh, and, you know, they play like a quarter you know, at something resembling full strength, but even then, you know, they had some injured players and stuff, and players are resting, like Matty Bowen got a lot of rest, uh, Brett Stewart got a lot of rest, so, who knows how settled they are, I mean, I'd expect the halves to be much better this season, with the influence of, um, of Joey Johns. Uh, well, we only have yeah. to look back to 2011 to see how they went with him just having half a hand in there, so. Exactly, so having an official role in there, you know, I think it'd be really, really valuable, um, Really, really keen to see. I mean, Brenton Lawrence, through his strong trial form, has earned himself a starting spot. Um, Jason King, I mean, is is injured. But, you know, as we mentioned when we talked about, you know, the, the buys they had, they got a lot of fucking props in there. Yep. So, Brenton Lawrence has emerged, uh, to, and Richie Fayoso has found his way onto the bench. It's a bit of a uh, a bit of an extended bench there with uh, George Rose back there. and uh, have to be an extended bench to fit George Rose's ass on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, extended to the point where it doesn't look like George Rose, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to get a run. I mean... Um, I sent a message to uh, Neil Neil Evans, who used to be a journalist. Uh, I can't remember what he was. Was it at the Sydney Morning Herald? He's now, sure. he's now like the corporate media affairs guy for Manly. So he's left the journalism thing. And he's supposed to be there, obviously, as a conduit to the media a bit better, so the relationship's a bit better than it has been. Um, and I tweeted him today um, asking about the appearance of uh, Peter Hiku on the, on the extended bench, saying, is that because, you know, Wolfman's returning... Is there, you know, a doubt of him returning or, you know, is he, is he just hopeful to return? And he said, no, they fully expect that uh, that starting 13 to remain unchanged, so... Good on them for yeah. realising that their relationship with the media needed work, yeah. also. Apparently, um, apparently uh, David Perry uh, was, um, he, you know, he, he just wouldn't return calls and stuff. Wow. <laughs> Pretty fucking stupid, really, but, you know, there you go. No, so, wonder, no wonder there's so many made-up stories coming out. They didn't have anything else to go on. Yeah, so, so um, you know, my, my hope is, you know, that, that Manly win, of course, and I'd love to see them win. Uh, but my fear is that we're always a slow starting side at the start. Of, and, and for that reason only, you know, the Broncos could win. I mean, because the Suncorp factor is not really an issue. I mean, I think we've lost there once in fucking forever. And um, 
that time we lost, it was by, you know, a couple of points. And it was after the, the Brookie brawl. And, you know, Glenn Stewart was, you know, Kieran Foran was injured. Glenn Stewart and Brett Stewart was, was suspended. And uh, Lussick was suspended. And, you know, so we had a makeshift side out there in the first place. So, uh, you know, put nothing in that. So Brookvale North, you know, it is a northern fortress for us. And, uh, yeah, winter is coming, Broncos. Uh, <laughs> can't wait to Game of Thrones. April 1st. Fuck yeah. All right. Next game, 5.30pm game. It is at Parramatta Stadium, and it is Parramatta Eels versus the Warriors. Two sides which uh, we've predicted to have a little bit of a slide. Um, how will the Eels start the season under Ricky Stewart? Um, I'm, just, I'm not convinced on uh, the Warriors under Matthew Elliott, to be quite honest. Sean Johnson comes in under a bit of a cloud with an elbow injury. Um yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the Eels at home. Wow, I mean, yeah, this is a, these these are two teams that are going to be in the bottom half of the competition. I, th- I you know, I had the Eels down as worse. You look at the Eels side, and if that's the best side they can put together, you know, it's not. It's not it that does, great. Does is not it? does not excite me. Luke Kelly at five eight. There's a massive fucking vortex between you know seven and one. On that lineup, and then seven Sandow too. So I mean, let's not get too excited there either. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I've I've got my doubts. I mean, you look at the Warriors, and you know, these, these internationals and fucking sensational players all there. Conrad Hurrell's probably you know supposedly lost ten kilos and is beat, looks like a beast this season. Dane Nielsen, Fisiati, Kevin Locke. It's a hell of a fucking backline. Yeah, I think um, the Warriors can. They might, I think they can do it. To be honest, Elijah Taylor at hooker is an interesting choice. Yeah. I mean, he suffered, you know, for game time. You know, he didn't really know what to do with him. Yeah, he's, he's played a bit in the centres, a bit in the back row, and now he's at hooker, so... Interesting. But, yeah, I think the Eels will get them. Just at home. Warriors don't travel, all that flash. Um, yeah, Jared Hayne and uh, Rennie Matua, co-captains. I don't know how that's working. Tim Mann is a club captain, but Rennie Matua and Jared Hayne are the co-captains of the first grade squad. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't make... Any sense whatsoever to me, but I still think the Eels will win. And Rennie, obviously, you know, he doesn't command you know, the, the the respect of the entire club. He couldn't be a club captain because he gets snotted by the twenties players when they go out in the piss. I don't remember that story. Wasn't it Rennie that got that got uh, knocked out by a, got king hit by a lower grade player? I think I think there was an incident. I'm, you know, anything to do with Rennie, I get lost in his eyes. <laughs> lost in his caramel torso. <laughs> Next up, what have we got? The Bulldogs taking on the North Queensland Cowboys, and they've shifted this one over to Blue Tongue. I bet that makes the Bulldogs fans happy. Uh, 7.30 p.m. on Saturday night. Steve Turner at fullback for the Bulldogs in, um, in the absence of, of Benny Barber. Uh, the Muffin Man, Jury Lowe, on the wing. Um, I, just, I think the Cowboys... You know, I think the Bulldogs will start slowly, given the the whole Ben Barber thing. Yeah, big call, actually, big big yeah. call. But and not to mention they got the lazy lump uh, in Tony Williams in there, and no Pritchard. So you know they might they might look similar, and they might be of similar size, but it ain't the same. No, one of not... these things is not like the others. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, let me just quickly run my eye over the rest of the team. Where's Cassiano? Hurt. He's injured. What happened to him? I, I didn't really. Oh, I'm not sure. Okay, 
and of course they've got the uh, you know the um, Hannibal Lecter suspended for yeah he went back round twenty one no no he's, it's he, he misses about six or eight doesn't he oh, or something okay. like that doesn't miss that many far less than he should true but yeah um you know the Cowboys never been a great travelling side with the exception of their hooker Matt Scott James Tamau in the in the front row Gavin Cooper Glenn Hall Dallas Johnson in the back row reasonable pack good pack yeah. Matt Bowen, a fullback. Ashley Graham, who had a great season last season. Antonio Winnerstein, not so much last year. And you've got Tarek Sims to come off the bench. Brent Tate, Clayne, Kane Linnett in the centres. Then you've got JT, Ray Thompson, solid player. That's a good side Yeah. for the Cows. I this can't believe I just picked him to finish ninth. This is why I was fucking saying, why'd you pick him to finish ninth? Now you start to see the light. I, I think they might be weighed down by the expectations too. There's a lot of talk about him in the media. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I saw someone on Twitter, and I'd like to give him credit, but I can't remember for the life of me who it was, say that the Cowboys could be 2013 West Tigers. <laughs> but that uh, just means that, you know, like, hyped up and performing, doing fuck all. That's right. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, and if that happened, that would be exactly the way you, you know, you've placed them. But, exactly. Uh, so... Anyway, I've, I've, Robert I've, Louis been named on an extended bench, and there's no real home advantage for the Bulldogs there. You know, shifting that game to Blue Tongue. So yeah, I'm inclined. I'm happy to go with the Cowboys as well. Okay, Penrith Panthers versus Canberra Raiders. This one is on Sunday, 2 p.m. kickoff, taking place at Centibet Stadium in Penrith. Wow, um, not convinced this is going to be a real great game. Um, I'd like to pick the Raiders for Doctor Sexy's sake, but Jesus. Tough pick. Who are you going to go? All right. You know, we talk about traveling teams. Raiders are one of the worst in existence. Their team, though, when you run your eye over it, it looks fairly settled as far as a Canberra side, sure. you know, has been. Edric Lee. So, Revelation last season. Yeah. You know... Oh, look, I'm inclined. I'm inclined to. I want to pick the Raiders, but I'm just inclined to think. You know, the Panthers had a little bit of uh, good form in the trials. It's at home. It's the first game of the season where you know before things start to settle down a bit. Yeah, let's go Panthers. <sighs> I'm inclined to go the Panthers. I'm just trying to look for reasons not to tip them, but I think I'll, I think I'm going to tip the Panthers. I'm with you. Okay, next up we have the Melbourne Storm taking on St George Illawarra Dragons. This one is the 3 p.m. game. So the delayed Channel 9 game on Sunday. Uh, First appearance of Matt Chechen, incidentally. Oh, that's magnificent. Uh, Storm by plenty. Storm by an absolute billion. Maybe even more, depending on how you know many stoppages there are. A billion and one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these dragons. I guess we'll see what they're made of. You know, how badly are they going to get slaughtered this season? This game can be the the first test of that. Because the Storm, let's face it, they played a proper game already. I think the Dragons are going to lose handily to a lot of teams that are a lot worse than the Storm this year, so Storm should have their way with them. Yep. Okay, now, the first nighttime game on Sunday. It's at 6.30pm on Sunday, and it is the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks taking on the Gold Coast Titans at Sharks Stadium. I'm going to go the Sharkies. I think they'll be way too good for the Titans. Sharks at home. By a billion, and they're playing the Titans. We've always shot on the Titans. Said they're going to be the Spooners. He's the first exhibit. Chris Hyington comes off the bench. Smart career move that one. 
John Morris comes off the bench. He's gone from being the heart and soul of the team to sitting on the bench for the other one. I mean, he, he'd really want to rethink that decision. Mate, he's tired. He carried the Tigers on his back for fucking years, <laughs> mate. All right. And uh, John Morris on the bench too. That's a smart move. I mean, yes. it'd be better if he was left off the bench, but, you know, it's a good start. It'd be just better him if on the he bench. retired, but, yeah. you know. I wonder how Sharky's fans feel about John Morris. No, I think they they're, they're, he's a lovable loser. Is he, is he beloved to them? And he's, I mean, no, he's not Paul Gallen in their eyes, but and I, I think they do like him. Like, cause, you know, like I, I can certainly understand, you know, if there's a player on your side that you don't rate. I mean, like, you know, we had you know, Chris Bailey at Manly and stuff, T-Rex. There's never been a side a, a player in the Tigers that I haven't rated. Yeah, what about fucking, what's his face? Except for John Morris, Sandy player. <laughs> what, about, uh, what about Fitzhenry? He was pretty shit. Yeah, exactly. What about Malt? Oh, he's just misunderstood, Nathan. <laughs> he's the most misunderstood player in the NRL. Uh, the players do exist, though. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go Sharks. I mean, this is uh, you know the first game of the season. They got this you know fantastic lineup that they've you know slowly built over the last couple of seasons. This is the year they reckon they're going to do it. So let's see. You know, you got to get off to a good start and beat these teams that are going to finish last. So we're agreed, Sharkies. Yep. Newcastle Knights versus West Tigers. It takes Monday play. <laughs> Newcastle Knights versus the West Tigers, the first Monday night foot bitch of the season, 7pm on Monday night, coming to you from Hunter Stadium, Newcastle. Tough gig away from home, Tigers. New halfback, new coach. New Braith. A new Braith. Um, it's going to be a tough ask for them, but I think they can do it. Well, you know, of course you're going to say that. Um, we, we we have some listeners that support the Newcastle Knights. It's going to be very embarrassing for you if you lose. That's true. Um, well, and I do sledge mercilessly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, uh, he's already talked it up. Yeah, so. you are going to hear about it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard. I Travis Woodell, he only got signed not a, a week ago, and he's yeah, straight in there. Definitely fill the hole for him. Um. Yeah, how quickly the Newcastle Knights going to improve this season? I mean, we've both picked them to be you know, decent improvers. How quickly is that improvement going to take? Is it going to be in the first round? You hope not. I do hope not. But the Tigers as well. Unknown quantity, you know, a lot of changes there in the off-season uh, in both manpower and, you know, coaching. I mean, what sort of style are they going to, you know, uh, are they going to take the field? Young yes. Jack Buchanan comes into the side at prop. Um, yeah, I mean, Tigers love burning out the young props, don't they? Sorry? I love burning out the young props. <laughs> um, Aaron Woods has been named on an extended bench. He's not expected to play. Um, neither is Joel Reddy, who's also been named. So that'll be four big forwards. Cosy Grado's mopping the dressing room floor. Yeah, he's ringing the bells somewhere. But speaking of bells, Matt Bell, uh, along with Ben Murdoch, Masilla, Bodine Thompson and Eddie Pettiborn are on the, on the bench. It's pretty sizable. Uh, bench and a good sign that Mick Potter wants to play forwards on the bench instead of playing a back and putting him on with eight, 90 seconds to play. Yep, hopefully you don't get any injuries uh, in the back. Just genius. So. Sorry? I mean, with your Chris Lawrence in your side, when you're carrying Betty White in your side like Chris Lawrence, I mean... Bernie Thompson's yeah. played plenty of centre. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's a fucking dynamic centre too. He certainly is. He's a dynamic player. Plenty, plenty of toe, I bet. Dynamic player. I bet he could finish stop. off sweeping backline movements. I've got no doubt. And I bet you his long passing game is sensational as well. Oh, I'm glad you're seeing things my way. <laughs> so you pick Tigers. Tigers you know, in a tight one. I think, yeah, I think Newcastle, the pride will be back this year. 
I think that, you know... For your sake, I hope the Tigers have it together so quickly, but I think there's less changes and ructions all around the Newcastle side in the off-season, so it may take the Tigers a little while to settle into the season uh, if they're going to play well at all. I mean, you know, they might not at any stage. So I'm going to say just, just because of that, because it's round one, I'm going to say Newcastle, and, you know, we'll see where the chips fall for, you know, round two. But I think Newcastle, just because it's at home... And that they Mate, are, you don't have to justify it. Stop talking. It's okay. You pick Newcastle. Let's move that's on. What, that, that's why we do it. That, that's what the tipping's all about. Oh, you you okay. pick your team, and then you explain your reasons behind picking the team. Right. I'm sick of hearing your reasons. <laughs> Let's move on. Sick of hearing my logic. That's full time for episode 110. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook too, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So make sure you hit that like button and be sure to share our posts as we put them up and help us spread the word uh, over the coming season. iTunes, no reviews since the last episode that we did last season, which is very you disappointing. Slack bastards. Don't let our lack of producing episodes stop you from giving us reviews. What the fuck but is wrong with you people? Exactly, exactly. Shop. We still have some stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby coolers. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop because shit is going into clearance mode. We have a limited stock of the Revelation shirt in stock and it all has to go as of pretty much right now, half price. Bam, it's done. You will go to the site and you will see it is half price. And we want new stock of everything, really. So if you spend over 50 bucks, we will throw in a stubby cooler for free. Next shirt, Tiger's in Decline. We want to get that shit going. And we also want to get, like, a special Twill Nation shirt going as well. So, uh, you know, the sooner we can clear that shit out, the sooner we can do that. So uh, if you haven't done so already, get in there and do it. Because, hey, it's, you know, never been a better time to buy. Or a cheaper time for you cheapskates. Yeah, exactly. Now, we should talk about the the... The whole cooking thing, the recipe thing. Yes. We haven't really thought about, you know, how we're going to do this. So I'll tell you what, we'll put it out to you guys this year. How are we going to pick the, the the recipe we do each week? Now, are we going to do it just, you know, something that we arbitrarily pick? I had an idea that maybe we could take, you know, the one of the Friday night football games or whatever the match of the round in quotes is and maybe take a recipe from a participant, you know, from each team and put it to the vote is what we do. And, you know, people have to obviously have the vote, you know, sorted out kind of by Monday. Um. Let's get your feedback, how you want to do it. Next week, we'll pick a recipe. Let's pick one that we feel like doing. Yeah. And, uh, I, um, I'm up for audience participation, but, you know, at the end of the day, if I see one I like, we'll go with that. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Well, how mean, about we just get through all the Tigers players ones, and then we'll put it to the put it to the listeners. Or we could just randomly open the book at a page. Yeah, let's do that then. Alright, so next time we'll be picking, but you know, we're interested in your ideas for how we could possibly, uh, you know, democratise the process of uh, what we end up doing there. Um, that's it, really, for this week. Uh, buy some shirts, buy some hats, get a free stubby cooler. And uh, yeah, thank you very much to uh, Matt Lenvez for coming on. Sensational work. Legend Absolute bloke. Absolute legend. Um, a sexy, sexy legend. As, 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 good, as a good bloke as he is, as a, a sexy man he is. Yes. I mean, you know, it's something for everyone there. It's something for the ladies and something for the uh, for the blokes. Yes. I look forward to uh, further chats with him over the course of the season. And, uh, and losing best to really him. shit, I'd like to rub his face in it. <laughs> Smug prick. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love the way that he, he just yeah, hammered you. 
mercilessly, mercilessly. sensational. You just you, you must be just you, you must just convey this. You know, you, you're hammerable. Yeah, I've got one of those heads. I've definitely got one of those heads. <laughs> and it wasn't even a video call. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a head that tra- that that uh that uh transcends the uh <laughs> the visual medium and vocal medium. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, that's all we got time for this week. So. See you motherfuckers next week. See you next week. Go Manly, big season. See you next week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.